Fellas, good evening, audience. This is Q. Long hey, time no hey, see. I know that you all haven't heard from us in a minute, and uh, we had to take some uh, hiatus over the holidays. I had to, you know, deal with um, deal with like family issues over the holidays, just as everybody well, else had I to. Think, and uh, uh, and Rory, I Rory was uh, Rory's on like a tour of South Asia right now. He's like touring the Indian subcontinent. I, and I we have so uh, I... we have some new hosts with us. We have uh, Karthik, who. Um, you may know from his uh, from his previous call-in show, and uh, Karthik will be uh, joining us regularly, as well as Michael Tanavasa. Who does anybody even know where the hell Michael is? But he was he was with us on our last episode, and uh, he'll be dropping in at some point. But because we're all in like different time zones, it's always a little bit difficult to coordinate times and whatnot. But anyway, just wanted to uh, to say hello to uh, the other fellows and uh, see how y'all doing. How's it going, Rory? Since going to a wedding in in Bangladesh, I, I have come to based Modi's India. Uh, <laughs> you know what? You know what I did this morning? It's seven thirty. You know, how I started my day. I cooked eggs, right? Mm-hmm. Eggs, which I got for like a buck fifty for like a six pack or like a twelve pack. Are you serious? Oh yeah. yeah you know how much? Like you much, you know much eggs cost up here? Eggs are basically higher than the minimum wage. No, in, in freaking Soy Biden's America, in the Trudeau <laughs> Imperium, eggs, it's actually probably cheaper to buy, like, a Fabergé egg and make an omelet out of that than just buy just oh, a Lord. regular egg. But not not here. Not in, in base Bodhi's India. I cooked a egg omelet. And you know what I cooked it on? That's right. Gas. I have my gas burner in my room. You cooked it on a gas stove? Oh, oh shit! The left is never going to forgive you for this. They, they don't have induction pans. They just don't. It, like yeah. it's literally just—it's like literally just a propane tank in my kitchen, which I use to cook delicious, delicious omelets. And you know, I think that's really changed a lot. And and I think that you know, 
we have MAGA communism, right? And that that's been kind of like a cynical move to try to get people involved in like a weird version, you know, just like a weird offshoot of like the Bernie campaign. But you know what? It's time to go full out. It's time to bring Hindu the socialism to America. <laughs> it's time. <laughs> Which way, Western man? Are you going to be eating like fifty thousand pounds of beef? Or are you going to be attacking people for eating, you know, mutton, which you assume is beef? That's that's the question. Those are your decisions. Right. right. And those are your choices. Oh, by the way, a, a quick question. Am I, I – I just saw in the chat that I'm uh, staticky. Am I staticky, chat? Am I um, – my sound – my sound sounding staticky to you? Am I – It's not okay? much as uh, – like you're, you're coming in and going when you speak, so there's like a little bit of a – background noise that comes when you speak and then like when you don't speak it's quiet how how, how do i sound by the way oh you sound fine i think maybe it's uh yes yeah, because i've just sort of like reset up my um so I'm, I'm i'm basically like resetting up a studio and um i think like ha- having to disconnect all of my equipment and then reconnect it has like i got, got my sound settings back to like square one so i'm gonna have to like do a little bit of, like retooling to make sure that uh it, it sounds better so sorry about that Anyway, uh, Karthik, Karthik how, how are you doing, by the way? I'm doing all right, Q. How have you been? How's your, uh, how's, uh, you know, setting up your, uh, I think your grandma's house, right? Like all of the... Oh, yeah, yeah. I was doing some, uh, <laughs> I've been doing some, like, renovations to my grandma's place. It was, and my sister's, too. Um, my sister had bought a house, and my grandmother already has a house. The house my sister bought, like, it had so many structural issues with it, but they didn't get the home inspection before... They bought the house. They caught the home inspection afterwards, which is that's real cattle before the uh, horse before the horse before the, uh, the the cattle scenario. But uh, horse before the cart before, before the, the horse. Jesus Christ! No, because you, you're talking about you're talking about steers and, and beef over there, Roy. You got me all mixed up. But anyway, uh, cart before the horse scenario where they got the uh, home inspection done after they had bought it, and there was just so much wrong with that house. I mean. Even the joists are warped. Like you walk around the kitchen, and it's like, you remember those like um like those uh, like at a like a county fair, there would be like those um those rides you could you could go on probably at like risk to your own life, but there's the one where like the floors are kind of like, constantly moving and shifting, and it's up to you to try and stay upright. And that's what it was like walking around their house. Just so I was I was hoping to. There. I mean, every ride is that ride when you're as yeah, pretty much. When you're as pretty much, like yeah, you're just risking life and limb. Uh, I, I had to like uh, try and fix the uh, like. Well, I'm not going to go through all the repairs, but basically, like the the plumbing and well, just a lot of the plumbing and some of like the uh, the structural stuff I was helping them with. And with my grandmother's place, like the like like the electricity was out in half of the house because the, the aluminum wiring had shot some of the uh, the outlets. Um, then there was also like plumbing issues. It was all kinds of shit. So I spent a good chunk of the holidays and some of the new year helping them fix all that stuff. Um, and I'm also like gutting my own basement, like, uh, doing rentals on my own basement. So yeah, it's just been like, I've basically just been doing Grover house grind set, like the Grover house speed run on three different houses for the last maybe four or five weeks. Oh, I also yeah. forgot to, to mention to everyone that I am now officially becoming a steer vendor in Bangladesh. We went to the uh, <laughs> I saw that. Bangladesh Cattle Expo. God, that was such a great... That was the best thing I've ever done. Oh, Lord. That was awesome. 
Uh, weirdly enough, covered very extensively in the Chinese media. I uh, don't really know why, but uh, yeah, I mean, that was that was cool. Uh, you can see me in the background of like one picture on like, like Xinhua News. So that's, uh, that's fun. Uh, but yeah, other than that, uh, I don't know, not much. Yeah, well, we can... Uh... Yeah, we can we can we can move on to the uh, the subject that we all came here for today, which is to talk about uh, lonely men, lonely men, and we're we're back into the masculinity conversation again. Like I thought, I thought we had left this behind around like 2019, 2020. Like the masculinity conversation had pretty much like just you know it had it, it had just gone by the wayside, for which I was very glad because conversations about masculinity just make my teeth itch because it's always the worst people talking like whatever side or whatever stance is being taken. It's always the worst people ever talking about masculinity. I was just, I was very happy that we didn't, I was very happy that we did not have to talk about it for a solid, like I would say like two years. And now it's just, it's come back. I mean, for obvious reasons. Honestly, like, I was I was not paying attention, really, to Twitter when, like, that yeah. happened. And I was so happy that I wasn't. Like, it, it was oh, just, like... like when, when it came back? Oh, uh, well, yeah, when that, like, that brief period where everybody was, like... I mean, I think we have, like, a video clip about it, but, like... Or uh, an audio clip, I think Karthik brought, but, like, yeah. It's just that, that kind of weird period where everyone was, like, oh, like, we should, we should do positive masculinity... Uh, you know who's oh, a great gosh. example of that? Uh, Vouch, the most polysexual-looking <laughs> man you've ever <laughs> fucked. The guy looks like the guy looks like e- like every guy in a polycule. That's that's <laughs> who men want to be. A guy who like yells at like random people and is like just hanging out with like Charlie Kirk, and also also just looks like the kind of guy that brags about like his pussy eating skills. That's that's positive masculinity. Yeah. It's just good God. I just okay. Let's start at the beginning. Let's start at the beginning. So, um, I would say from about like 2013 to around 2019, maybe a little bit into 2020, but I think it had mostly begun to like die out around 2019. Was that we would have these conversations about quote unquote toxic masculinity. Which, I mean, when I first heard of the concept, I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess it's like nothing really wrong with talking about some of the ways that masculinity can express itself, like just, you know, anger and violence and so on. Like, yeah, you know, it's fine. Maybe we should be having those conversations. I, I, like, I, I think we should talk about, like, how masculinity expresses itself. And then as, as happens with everything that takes place within a social media milieu, it then began to become, like, everything that annoys me about a guy is toxic masculinity. So... Where it began with like conversations on like healthy expressions of you know feelings, emotions, or whatever, or like you know how to like interrelate to other people, basically became like if you're a guy and you annoy me for every reason, it is therefore toxic and therefore harmful. It's the same as like just like beating up on somebody. And I I, I checked out probably around like I would say like mid 2014, completely checked out of the conversation. Um, and the more like I, I got to understand where the term came from, what its origins were, that it came out of, like, you know, the, basically, like, a bunch of guys that were doing, like, drum circles and sweat lodges um, that were, like, basically, like, operating in response to the 
um, second and early third wave feminist movement completely made sense. Uh, that, like, you know, just a bunch of white guys who basically, like, had no sense of collective identity were trying to reformulate their ideas of masculinity. The problem was what they were generally responding to were, like, phantoms in their own head that they had made up as to, like, what sort of, like, negative masculinity is, you know, or, or, or toxic masculinity. Basically, it came out of, like, stereotypes about black and Latino men, um, some of which were observed in prison studies. So the, the, the term itself... Basically, it, it, like, it's steeped in racism and tropes about black and Latino men that are thereby extended to all men, saying, well, like, well, you know, when we express traits that are like this, like these, these traits that we've observed in these machismo, these uh, Latino macho men or, you know, black prisoners, and, um, any, anything that looks like that or that tracks along that type of masculinity, this is toxic. And... When it entered the general lexicon, probably around like 2012 and 13, it had basically start, it started off as conversations about like how men could express themselves in a more healthy way, and then basically became like any trait that even closely reminds me of this is toxic. It's basically just like the Monaghan Report through a woke lens, and, and I, think I would say around, around like the, the Democratic primary of sorry. I was going to say, and I think around 20, especially around 2016, like, because, again, yeah. ultimately, at the end of the day, so much of... Well, it was, it was Donald was Trump that just, like, drove everyone insane. Yeah. Like, and, Donald and Trump was like, it, yeah. All of a sudden, toxic masculinity just became, like, kind of a shorthand for, like, any guy that, like, you might see in a frat. Like, it wasn't even, like... No, no, no it's basically, like, any, any, any guy that does a thing that annoys you is therefore toxic. Like that's yeah, kind of, and, and this so is what always happens, that basically. Was mostly guys who were in frats they didn't like. And so it was like, okay, right. that's, you know, that's being, like, toxically mad. And it's not even, like, being in a frat. It was like, oh, he's wearing boat shoes and, uh, <laughs> like, a, like a, a quarter zip. That, look at that. Look at that asshole. Yeah. Like, it's like, okay, man. Okay, lady. Well, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I do definitely think that I, I will I will say though just just real quick I will say that it started to go away in 2019 because as always like the sort of like the progressive or like sort of left liberal types began to like they tried to ascribe that to socialists particularly like social democrats Bernie Sanders supporters but to socialists period like I remember even seeing how like Fidel Castro and Che Guevara were examples of, to of toxic masculinity. Um, that, like, Mao was toxically masculine. Well, and, uh, and, and, you know, yeah. one other thing I would actually say is on that, you know, we talk a little bit, like, especially around um, 2016 for sure, but, you know, 2008, you know, a lot of people forget about this, but they actually tried to run that exact same, like, sexist, you know, Bernie bros uh, narrative, but on Obama. And that didn't really work out for them. Yeah. Mostly because somebody, a brilliant girl boss in the Hillary campaign, thought that uh, Obama boys was going to be a term that, like, oh. yeah, that was that. I mean, you can look that up. That was a real thing that, like, a number of female journalists tried to turn into a, like, a version that basically is the predecessor to Bernie bros. But like, again, just real, real smart cookie in that campaign came up with, uh, 
My God. I mean, it's also noteworthy that uh, we had Gloria Steinem herself come out uh, in 2016 mm-hmm. uh, saying that all men have, yeah, it's all, it's been men as presidents. So it's now a woman's turn. No, it's, it's, like, it's, it's like, uh, I think the, the, the comment was basically that uh, the only reason why there are women in uh, Bernie Sanders, in the Bernie Sanders movement was because uh, they wanted to get late. Uh, and it was otherwise. Oh, she said that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> no, that's a, that's a banger because in 2000, uh, 2008, during the, uh, the Democratic primary, she'd also said that um, the only reason that Obama was leading, because I remember at the time, like, uh, going into Super Tuesdays, there was a bit of a deadlock. And then after Super Tuesday, Obama was ahead, but there was just, like, no clear path forward for Hillary Clinton, but obviously she wasn't giving up. And Gloria Steinem had said that um, Obama was ahead because he's a man. And that, uh, you know, America so fears a woman president that they won't let Hillary Clinton win. It was like, lady, she's up against a black man. What the fuck is wrong with you? The, I, just put, I just put the CNN uh, kind of link Look, in, the, in the chat. popped on John Lennon's famous hit, which I'm not allowed to say. And, oh and my god! Just, with it, you know? <laughs> just really, really went went all out. And ultimately, I think that for a large number of, of I'm sorry, I don't usually like to call this out specifically, but I think Q, you can probably attest to this more than I can. Where it's like, man, like white women just love to to just opine on on topics that really don't concern them in a way that like. As a white guy, I would feel deeply uncomfortable saying to a black person, I'm sorry, I don't know. Like, it's wild, the amount of, of kind of talk back there that you get, and like the level of, of kind of, I don't know, just argumentativeness that you get out of it, where it's like, like you know, lady, just let, let the man talk, right? About, you, you, you know, so you go Oh, no, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, Q, you saying that, uh, you know, like the, the toxic masculinity discourse actually comes from prison studies is like news to me because uh, throughout this entire, uh, like, especially the loneliness and uh, like 12 year old boys uh, going into the alt-right pipeline and these kind of conversations, um, I, I just like every time two people talk about that, I just keep seeing in my head the visual of the work cited crack pipe. Uh, meme because it just seems like they don't have any citations. Like I, I, I'm surprised that there was any kind of citation to begin with. Like I mean, although oh no, oh, no. Here's the thing. Like no, so nobody really. I don't think. I don't think anybody really understands like where the term comes from. They just hear the term toxic masculinity, and it's one of those things where well, the term describes the behavior. So why look into it any further? But like most people are not aware that it comes from the mythopoetic men's movement. So yeah, it's it it is really one of those like uh, you know vibes, not citations, situations. But and every time I bring this up, every time I bring up like, hey, so do you understand where the term comes from? Do you understand the difference between like toxic masculinity and hegemonic masculinity? Because there have been many studies done on on masculinity and masculinities. I would say like probably the most comprehensive one was done by a trans woman uh, sociologist in the early 1980s, Raywin Connell. That uh, that did a lengthy study on hegemonic masculinity in Australia came to the conclusion that 
hegemonic masculinity really only applies to white men. Like people who are non-white do not get to be hegemonically masculine. Um, the the hegemony is is like white male patriarchy, and that the rest of us don't get to contribute to it. We are simply like at its at the effect of it. But you can't talk about that with people because they've kind of they've they've got their hobby horse and they're going to ride that shit off into the sunset. But so the reason that we're talking about it now, like. I was actually really glad that the, I would say like the Bernie Sanders campaign, if nothing else, I think helped put an end to this stupid ass discourse, or at least like temporarily put it down. Because with, with that campaign, along with like the, uh, the COVID pandemic and then the, uh, the, the uprisings that happened in 2020, I think everyone just found more important things to talk about. And a lot of the paradigms and ideas through which we had been viewing politics, sociology, race, gender, etc. A lot of that, I think people were beginning to understand was just not sufficient for the current moment. <sighs> and then unfortunately, lo- locking us indoors for long periods of time, uh, and leaving us alone with our own thoughts. By the time that we got let out again, we were fucking insane. Like we were just not fit for human contact. And so all of these insane ideas that had been brewing and festering that entire time escaped back into the discourse. And along with that comes, like, every single time that a guy, like, there's always a guy, right? There was Kevin Samuels previously. Now it's Andrew Tate. When it's not Andrew Tate, it's Fresh and Fit podcast. But there's always some character. There's always some main character that is, like, if, if I hear that a guy is listening to this person or these people, it is sending them down a pipeline into irredeemable misogyny and very likely, like, fascism probably nazism that's where this conversation always goes and the unfortunate part is that because the left does not build anymore the left simply reacts what i've seen happening and i think rory you've noticed this too is that there are leftist media or like social media i shouldn't say media figures social media figures that are trying to create some sort of alternative to the Andrew Tate's of the world, through positive masculinity. And I'm like, you people can't even organize a fucking company potluck. What makes you think that you have the minerals to analyze and define masculinity and come up with a positive alternative when you don't seem to really grasp what the problem is in the first place? One of the biggest problems is that in order to function as a model for some sort of alternative masculinity, People actually have to like you. You have to be, like, charismatic, likable, somebody that people aspire to be. And I I can't think of anybody currently on the political left that is widely known who embodies any of those traits. And and I would say the other thing that's, that's, I, I think the bigger problem here is that they go in explicitly seeking to create a, a very, let's be honest, cynical and, and frankly neutering version of masculinity. Like it's, it, they're trying to create a version of, of safe masculinity that is acceptable to probably the most unhinged people on Twitter, right? Like, and I, I think that the problem here, the bigger problem is that you're they're not focused on they're, they're not focused on actually creating content that men would want to listen to. They're focused on essentially lecture, like finding a sock puppet through which they can 
launder their own views on that. Which, again, like, I, I think that people maybe think that guys are, are dumber than they really are, but the reality is that people pick up on the fact that you are just cynically doing this in an attempt to sort of subtly, essentially lecture men about what you think their masculinity should be, right? As opposed to just making a show that men want to listen to, being the kind of person that men might look up to, you know, maybe, and then not even look up to, but, you know, so like sharing ideas that men might connect with, you know, things that, you know, would actually get men to engage positively with your, you know, with your media product. But instead, they're so focused on essentially using this as a vehicle to sort of sandbag their own sort of lectures and their own sort of neurotic kind of rubbernecking opinions on masculinity that it just, it doesn't work, right? It just does not connect. And, and men are very, very cynical to that. It's the same way that if the right wing wanted to start like an anti-feminist show or a right wing feminist show, and it was just like, you know, like Dasha from Red Scare, uh, and I don't know, like a bunch of tradcast TikTok girls just hanging out, talking about how it's like so cool to be a stay at home mom with like the most bug man boy you can find. People would immediately kind of go, oh, yeah, this is just them like trying to lecture women to do what they want. Whereas with men, it's like, no, no, they, they won't understand. They, they won't see through this elaborate ruse we have prepared that like will will surely bamboozle men which we are openly talking about doing right and, and so i think that the idea that i think the fundamental problem with with how the response has been is that part of the thing that i think a lot of men found very appealing about guys like andrew tate is that he very purposefully pissed off that exact kind of person, which most people, and especially most men, find obnoxious and tiresome, right? I think, like, like uh, yeah, yeah, you kind of hit the nail on the head. Like, basically, uh, also Q, Q alluded, alluded to this point uh, earlier as well, which is that um, there is no one defining what masculinity is in the first place other than um, like the individuals aforementioned individuals, whether it's Andrew Tate or like Jordan Peterson or whoever, Joe Rogan, um, it's that like, it's, it's defined by a person who is supposedly embodying the trait of what, what is considered like the most masculine ideal of the, uh, present day or something, at least in the, in the media space. Um, and I think like essentially the, the leftist, uh, at least like in the in the independent media space uh, leftist media is incapable or at the moment at least unable to field somebody who's able to you know like match the kind of quote unquote masculine ideal uh, which kind of like begs the question like only because this ideal is able to be defined only through embodiment like there is no one who's uh, you know saying these are the virtues i mean like jordan peterson wrote a book saying 12, 12 rules of life or whatever but like nobody is like saying that like, these are the ten kind of defining traits of what is considered to be a, uh, a an alpha male or whatever. Like and, and Andrew Tate is kind of doing that. And like I mean, conveniently enough, like he defines uh, the ten uh, 
commandments or whatever, like how many ever he has, I'm, I'm not 100% sure how many he has, or if he has something exactly to this effect, but like essentially he builds it around himself, right? He fashions it around himself. So it's kind of like the classic old, like false idol scenario. Um, and I think like on the left, like they're not able to actually, you know, categorize like 10 things that could uh, be definitive, like, you know, traits of a, a masculine ideal, because I mean, first and foremost, nobody embodies it. Um, and second of all, like they don't want to positively. And I, I would say like that's the only way in which you could quote unquote positively even define something because you that's the only way in which you can actually say this is what it is as opposed to what it isn't. Um, and like in a kind of way, like nobody is able to you know pinpoint something and say that this is what it is as opposed to saying these are what it it's not. And like anybody who is these 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 things is automatically a toxic person. Uh, now that that begs the question of like what actually is like what would be uh, the definition of masculinity is like first of all like I mean a question to be asked is like is it even an individual uh, set of characteristics or is it something that's like even more broadly socially constructed um, that conversation itself is not being had especially when it comes to toxic masculinity because toxic masculinity is not purely a set of individual attributes it's largely a you know inherited trait that comes from a lot of social uh, constructs that exist in place to the extent that a lot of toxic males are toxic beyond their own, you know, doing like it's, it's, I mean, of course they hold a lot of responsibility for this, but you know, uh, it's not just their doing that they are as toxic as they are. And that means that you have to define uh, a concept of masculinity and a concept of toxic masculinity. That's not just confined to what an individual set of attributes would be. say and, and this is sort of my opinion is that it's the, the thing is it's like the, like nobody on the left has emerged to sort of take that mantle and and the reality is i think honestly is that right now at least the way that the online left is sort of formulated that person it's not just that that person hasn't arisen it's that that person cannot arise within within that media sphere it just it, the, the they will receive so much backlash you know the, the kind of community they would need to foster and the kind of the, the kind of person they would need to be would be so reviled and, and i think that it just i think it would make enough people uncomfortable that it just would not be able to function properly within within what constitutes the modern kind of online left today i just don't think that there is the way it's constituted now, there is no real space for that kind of person. And, and quite frankly, and maybe this is my own opinion, but the way I look at it is there's also no reason that a man would want to do that. There's no reason, honestly, that anyone would want to be a media figure in the modern in the modern left. It's just, it's a fool's game. It's a mug's errand, right? You know, I, I think one question that, that people really need to have, if, if you want to have more sort of figures like this, is that, you, like, what exactly about the left is supposed to appeal to somebody who is genuinely talented when it comes to producing content, when it comes to being a charismatic figure? Because it's not money, right? I mean, that's straight up, it's not going to be money. It can't really be like clout because there are better ways to get clout and quite frankly like the community is 
pretty toxic. And I mean that in the, the sense of like, everybody is kind of at each other's throats. Um, Glass Hank, what about uh, Hassan? I'm assuming that's Hassan Piker. And yeah, I mean, he's as big of a figure as you're probably going to get in the online left. But at the end of the day, there's really not a lot of space for somebody who is a, or there's not a lot of benefit for somebody who is trying to enter into this media space, right? At, at this stage, you know, between Hassan Piker, between like the Chapo Trap House guys, there's just enough figures kind of there that it already sort of supports, uh, you know, that, that that's as much as this ecosystem is going to support. And any additional people that are going to show up, you're just going to have to deal with, you know, with blowback in people's expectations. Like I, and I can tell that it's a real issue because like, for example, I am not a leftist. I'm not on the left. I'm not part of it. I mean, I am very open about that. And yet people will constantly come in and try to like argue with me and tell me that I'm actually a leftist. Like I'm actually a leftist. And it's like, no, I'm not. And there's no reason that you should be. The only reason why you're doing that is so it's easier for you to criticize me or to call or to like call me out on, on like some kind of, you know, internal sort of hypocrisy. And, and I just see the way that that's become kind of an underlying factor of, of the left kind of today. And it just truly, I, I believe that it, there is no reason why a talented person would ever want to build themselves as a leftist content creator. You're just asking for possibly one of the worst audiences in the internet, like, like genuinely one of the worst audiences. It's not only are they not willing to throw money your way, not only are they kind of very demanding of you, they're also extremely disloyal. You know, I, right now our, Friend of the well, friend of mine, uh, friend of the pod, Pericles Abasi on Twitter is getting. Oh Lord, yeah, yeah, they're um, trying to cancel Perry because of some yeah. spicy tweets. No, not even spicy tweets. Spicy comments in a group chat, which is like okay. Oh my. And regardless yeah, right. of your opinions, the thing I will say is that, like, looking at his fan base, all of them are like, "No, we love you, Perry. You're cool." Like, you know, like we like your tweets and that's why we follow you. And it's like, man, if this guy, if he was like a quote unquote leftist figure, they would be absolutely lining up to rip him apart because it happens every time something like this comes out. Right. It's like, there's even the most mild, mildly spicy takes are met with just the most absurd, like, you know, distancing from the community and so it's like you know you don't even get the loyalty of a community you don't even get the the sort of shared shared kind of camaraderie of like a community of content creators that every other you know media space gets it's like no there is zero loyalty zero um zero unity and 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 frankly i think that as a guy in particular, it's even worse for guys. Like I, oh, I know it's, it's basically like I'm reminded of this scene with uh, from World War Z, with the zombies like crawling over each other to get into into Israel. Do you remember that or into Jerusalem? 
Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's that's basically just like what the left kind of is now. It's just everybody jockeying for position to be taken seriously as the one with the correct opinions. And it lasts for all of about five minutes until somebody knocks them off their perch and takes the perch instead. It's like, why, why would you want to, why would you want to exist within that milieu? Like, why would you really want to be a part of any kind of movement where the moment you fuck up and you don't even really have to fuck up, you can just like, say something normal, but because the consensus shifts and changes so often that something you said today that by like next week, it could just be like, oh, that's a bad look. And suddenly, like, you're off the perch and somebody else is taking your place. Yeah, it's, and, and it's just, it's just and, yeah, it's, it's, it's Logan's run. There's, there's like, these hoes aren't loyal. Like, there's no sense of, like, omerta. It's just whatever, yeah. like, whatever I am feeling in the moment, I am willing to kind of unleash on you, right? And, and I think that I will say that generally amongst women there's a little more sort of understood shared solidarity especially online because like look you know all joking aside all kind of commentary aside like there are a lot of things that women deal with online that are incredibly shitty right and, and so i think there's a little bit of, of sort of shared solidarity there at least superficially but for men like man there is just there is there's going to be nobody on your side for that right like no. as soon as as it opens up like you are going to be torn apart and you know i q we had talked about this privately uh, a while ago and i i sort of want to like kind of bring it up where it's like it's almost worse to be a it's almost worse to have good takes and then have a bad one than it is to just or it's worse to be in the left and have a bad take than it is to be outside of the left and have a bad take because if you're yeah. in the left and you do something that's bad like you're not just a bad guy you're it's, you're, you're a leftist player. man look you at are these the leftist wolf in sheep's clothing you yeah. are yeah you're the ter- you're the judas iscariot you're the worst of the worst you're in the center circle of hell big guy yeah and it's like so what exactly why exactly would I feel the need to, as, as like a content creator, to associate myself with this political sphere? It's like, well, it's the correct political sphere. Okay, maybe. But, you know, at the end of the day, the correct political view is not buying anyone's lunch. It's not paying anyone's rent. Absolutely it, it, true. Yeah, it, it's just everybody, man, it, it's just not a good place for content creators to be and and i'm sorry like it's rapidly becoming and, and you know i i kind of joke about like saga communism and the jackson hinkle crowd but it's rapidly becoming a space full of kind of like the old guard of people that basically established this sort of weird like media space that exists now uh and then guys i, like, I kind of get that and then guys like jackson hinkle who are just fighting for like we're essentially just like fighting for these like scraps in in an increasingly sort of uh-huh. narrow uh, media market. Sorry, go ahead. I actually have a I have actually a very different look. I know it might sound kind of controversial, but this is something I think Q will know where I'm going with this when I say this off break. But I think part of the other thing that's never ever 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 mentioned in this whole debate about. Uh, masculinity and the left failure to respond to it is this one thing. What does 
female sexuality look like on the left versus the right? That kind of is a sign of where this is fucked up, if you know where I'm going with this. Because if it's like, what are the two aesthetics you see online on the left in terms of women? Which is weird, infantilized e-girl or like weird Oedipus complex milf, which are both weird in their own ways, but you see what I'm trying to say here? No, I don't. What are you trying to say? What I'm trying to say is it, one of the, part of the reason the, the appeal is failing to get to men is partly that let's just get to let's just be men here for a second. Be honest. There's not a lot of sex appeal appealing to men on the left. That's one thing, not the biggest issue, but it, in terms of aesthetics and in like PR. I mean, I, I personally think that that's a, a good thing. I, I don't about sex, you know, about politics. I'm not and saying it has to be about the sex me. appeal, but I'm just saying. Well, it's not even. It's, not, saying it's not even. Sex. It's not even just. It's not even just sex appeal because, like, think of like a guy like Pierre Yabasi. Perry Abbasi is not like he's not a, a ravenous. Okay, well let's not. Man. Okay, let's not go too far here. Like, no, no, no. But hold, but hold up, hold up. I'm saying he's not a ravenously handsome man. But okay, but but <laughs> that's a dude I would hang out with and listen to. You, you know what I mean? Like, it, yeah, it can look yeah. like Perry Abbasi. It can look like fucking the. Uh, I forget the name of this guy. He's a he's a gym TikToker, and he's always like calling out people that like have really bad gym etiquette like people who like yeah 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 yeah. like record other people in the gym or like make fun of them or or, like rude to gym staff and he'll just like okay the moment you see somebody hold hold up the moment you see somebody doing something fucked up in the gym you can just picture because his face will pop up in the it'll pop up in the stitch it'll be like staring dead into the camera and be like and this is why you shouldn't do this okay do better yeah, what I would that add guy. To that, that, that's a positive masculine role, but I'm saying, but like, but that's not who people think of. They think of, or like, uh, that's not who the left is thinking of. They're thinking of like trying to completely redefine masculinity in such a way that nobody can actually relate to it. And it's not really for. It's not for guys. Well, it's kind of hard well, to do I'm, it in I'm, reality I'm, because I, I would just add on to this is that it's. I think the, there is a fundamental issue with starting off by saying that like the problem with with how we define masculinity is has to do with women. It's like, no, it, it doesn't really. Like, I, I don't think that there is really a place. I, I don't think that women really should ever enter into that discussion the way that I don't think that femininity should necessarily, discussions of femininity should really concern themselves mostly with men. It's like, no, like, this is your own deal. This is our own deal. And the fact that it's like, you know, the problem with masculinity on the left is that there aren't hot chicks. It's like, Eh, there shouldn't mm. be though, right? I mean, especially if this is supposed to be a political movement, you really don't like. It's like the, the I know, of- I know what you're saying. I get, I I get where you're coming from. But the reason I'm going to this length is because can we all at some point admit that part of the reason why the left is falling apart is a lot of the guys that it just don't have the stones for it, and I'm not even saying just because of the the 
we grew up in softer situations or anything like that. No, no, we it's can, we can say, no, it's, here's, just, here's what it is. Here's what it is. The guys are annoying and soy. That's what, that's really all it is. It's very, very soy. Bob. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I'm glad we can all be honest. Yeah. yeah. Too many of the soy. Even I'll admit it. I'll admit it. I'm, I'm saying right now, I'm soy too. I literally just had to like step out of my bathroom. No, never mind. <laughs> Let me ask you, like, think about it like this. If you ask most leftists, when's the last time you've been in a real fight? Not like someone pulled you yeah. apart. When's the last time you fucked someone up? Most of them would be like two like weeks that. ago for me. In a fight like that. Man, what, what two weeks you, ago for like, me? I've, what you Motherfucker, you've been to this state. You know what it's like. <laughs> no, hold up, hold up. Okay, I also do think that, like, after the age of thirty, as a guy, you shouldn't be in fights. Like after you, after uh, you, you shouldn't be fighting. It happened. Like unless it's like unless uh, like you're in a martial, if you're in a martial art or something, sure. But after thirty, like you, you shouldn't be in like bar fights, for example. Right? Well, if yeah, somebody, not a bar dude, fight, but I mean, I'm just gonna say like if somebody really, if if you're over the age of thirty and somebody really wants to fight you, just shoot the nigga. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Q, <laughs> Q, you're talking well, to I'll, a man I'll, who I'll watched like his forty-year-old. You're, you're talking to a man who watched his forty-four-year-old mother dislocate a grown man's arm. So okay. this doesn't phase me. Uh, I, I, I got that. I'm just saying. Like, I, sorry, man. I, I don't be fighting. I just Whoa. I would just start shooting. You, I'll put it to you like this: like in the last year and a half, I caught two assault charges from people that attacked me first and who threatened my family. So. The charges got ended up getting dropped. To be honest, the police didn't really take it seriously. It, it just got serious because one of the dudes ended up in the hospital. Minor things. He it, he just it looked worse than it was. He he had blood all over his face. But that's only because when you when you punch someone in the face enough times and they get cut, that was a really that bleeds, was a really roundabout bleeds, way like of, in boxing. That was a roundabout way of saying, "Oh, you should see the other guy." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I am very impressed by your oh, uh, by your story. Good job. Well, I usually do, which is why I, I like, which is why I physically look, which is why I still physically look fifteen, but have like the gait of like a guy in his like sixties. I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I, I hear what you. I hear. What but circling saying. back, circling back, circling back. Okay, hold up, hold up. I do want to acknowledge what Michael is saying, which is. Do you have the traits that other people would actually want to like adopt? Is is what people are trying to say, right? Like me, I, I no, absolutely I not. Generally, what people generally what people sort of appreciate in guys is that like, like the ability to like stand up for yourself. I would say like the there has to be and that's like, part like an, of an the under, thing. There's there's politeness because there's also the underlying threat of violence if shit goes left. I think that's. Like the sort of like the baseline expectation. If you it's, were not, to, it's not necessarily good, but I think that it exists for most people. If you were to like, just okay, okay, scour, scour the hammer sickle Twitter for like, you know, if you want to create a poll, let's say, of who uh, their idea of uh, a positive masculine role model would be. I mean, certainly, uh, Vosh or Anna Kasparian are not really presenting the alternative, oh. and they're definitely not presenting themselves as the alternative either. Because uh, you know clearly anybody with uh, any any eyes and ears would not you know entertain that possibility. But uh, if you were to scour the hammer and sickle uh, area of Twitter to ask asking for who would be uh, you know the, the exemplar of uh, a positive masculinity? Oh my god! I just like, got who an would idea. That be? What's that? 
I know a way we could possibly start this. The leftists need to start taking back Celtic culture. That's how we do this. <laughs> what? It's a crime. He's already done that. Dude's pretty much. No, Rory's let's start. Rory's already there. Let's make that a thing. No, you know, fast track it. Do it now. Do it now. No, think about it. Just dudes getting swollen together. <laughs> just beards. It's awesome. Me Swords. and Rory are already on. Listen, we've embraced body fascism. Me and Rory are already on that mindset. Thank you, my nigga. Inspiring. <laughs> All right, hold on, hold on. just real so quick the, though. Real like, dog, I'm a mission. Real, real quick, I'm just gonna say, uh, sorry. So the environment uh, where I come from. Yeah. Oh. So the environment where I come from, you have to stand up for yourself. If you don't stand yeah. up for yourself, you look like a bitch. If you look like a bitch, you're gonna get preyed upon. And secondly, like, if you don't stand up for yourself, that means your homies don't think you're gonna stand up for them. Because if you can't even defend yourself, that means you're not going to defend your homies. And now I'm not saying it's necessarily the greatest environment because there's a lot of aspects that are very toxic as shit. But at the same time, everybody I know and I grow up around, we all stand up for ourselves. Like, you're not going to punk us out. And and sometimes that's good and sometimes it's bad. But when I see on the left, it's like, a willingness to get punked out every single day, every single time. And here's the other, here's the other thing too. Like, and and and, I, and uh, to Karthik's point, I do want to uh, play a clip. I I, th- I never thought I'd say this before. Play a clip of Anna Kasparian from the Young Turks. That's something that I never thought I would ever would have come out of my mouth. But I think oh, it does man. kind of speak Dude, to this I, point. I cannot wait for the, <laughs> the toxic. To be, like, lectured about toxic masculinity by, like, a woman that wants to be, like, the fucking, like, like, akimbo, like, like, 1880, like, 1887s on, like, every fucking homeless person in L.A. My God. It's like, dude, she she wants to, like, Mozambique every homeless person. Oh, my God, dude. She she wants to cut the tall trees on, like, every, like, it's bizarre. I mean, part of that is just, like, you move to, like, I have a theory that everybody that moves to L.A. just becomes a psychopath. Like, that's kind of... No, no beef to L.A., but, yes. like, yeah. No, no, like no. All, all beef to L.A. from me, because it's, and honestly, it's I was actually going as far as to say that California as a whole is just a very cursed vibe. Like, my uncle moved from Ireland to L.A. for, or not to L.A., but to uh, San Francisco for work. And, like, my God, within, like, 10 years, the guy was, like, going, like, he, he was just going crazy. Like, he, he started to act like a complete weirdo. Yeah. So part of that is Anna's Casperian. But also, on the other hand, it's, like, no, like I think that just genuinely she seems to despise homeless people. So, all right. So, so there's like two different I grew up. Just run this. Let me run this quick, real, real quick. One second. Recently, there were some statistics by healthcare company Cigna indicating that men are the loneliest generation. In fact, 18 to 24 year olds are lacking friends intimate partners, they're feeling increasingly alienated from society. And when you look at statistics in regard to their education, whether or not they're working, more and more of this data reinforces that there is something awry. And addressing it doesn't mean that you turn your back on issues pertaining to women, but it does mean that we should be focused on what it is in society that is leading to this epidemic, what the left can do to offer solutions, and how we can basically fight back against the more nefarious figures who have filled the void 
that you know men are struggling with, people like Jordan Peterson and what have you. Now recently, uh, Vosh, who's a popular streamer, had tweeted this thread that I think is really, really important to address. He writes, I cannot stress enough how important it is to understand that 12 year old white boys on Twitch are not being pulled into fascism because of some Machiavellian desire to preserve and expand their privileges. It's because the right talks to them and the left doesn't. He continues to argue that leftists and progressives have absolutely no idea how unnecessarily repellent they come off to so many people. And they get angry at the idea of being a more effective social movement because they don't want to share their social spaces with people who might have gone another way. But the criticism for leftists continue. And to be honest, I agree with a lot of what Vosh says here. He says leftists will write masters theses on the effect of socioeconomic conditions on crime and then shrug when 10 million more young men fall into fascism because their boy brains must just be innately fascist and they choose to be evil. And there's no way this could have been prevented. And then the final tweets, because I want to make sure you guys get a, a full look at what he's thinking here. This is always a good topic to feel smug over because the replies and quote tweets are saturated with people who literally think, quote, we should care about men's problems and offer them advice is a dog whistle for we should build a fourth Reich, thus proving the problem. I. Noted masculinist, fucking Vosh. Yeah, like, I'm sorry, Vouch. just like, man, fucking look at the guy. I'm sorry, I can't, I know it's not okay to, like, you know, judge <laughs> a book on its cover. But, like, oh my God. That's like from Beverly Hills. Oh, good Lord. Yeah, it's like, I'm sorry, nobody Just like a uh, dude who radiates pure... Yeah, me and my wife saw you from across the bar energy. Just that that's Remember <sighs> that like combo that like weird TikTok where it was like this is what a polyhule looks like? There was yeah. one guy that looked, I think, like a lot like Bosch. And I, I think that yeah. that's sort of that's the kind of energy he brings. I don't want to like oh like Just the, 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 the sort guy, of like uh like, the sort of I don't know what to buy my wife's boyfriend for his birthday energy. You know what I mean? Sorry, no, I, I, just want, like, I just want to let Lance, Lance is, hold up. Lance has been waiting pretty patiently. I just want yeah, to make sure he gets, a, he gets a word in. Go, go, go ahead, Lance. What the hell is going on on the left? They have lost the collective mind. Dog, I wish I knew. Is there some kind of, you know, like back in Carter Day, they had neutron bombs where it like, it like, it destroyed all the people but left the building totally intact. Is there some kind of like, maybe, no, no, seriously. Maybe it's like a, a, no, because they do this stuff, right? They got high tech stuff. They got this brain worm that only affects the left, not the, re- and I'm talking about the good faith reasonable left, not that there's tinfoil right QAnon, there's tinfoil left wackos. I'm talking about the supposed reasonable. Yeah, me, I'm one of them. <laughs> but, but, but but you know what? I'm the most sensible one out there. But dude, it's like this is why 99% of my rat. Now, if you put up 100 to the extent that they're black and white issues, abortion, uh, 20 20 dollar at this point, minimum wage, universal health care. I'm on the left for all those issues. I'm an anti-Islamist. I go far outside the Venn diagram of like massive certain things that overlap with right and left. I there's some conservative principles, whether it's anti-eminent uh, domain, blah 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 blah. Fine, fine. But I wind up on the left on a lot of issues. Fine. 
what is going on? Can I just throw one thing in that I try to explain to my left wing friend? This is why that like a good faith actor on the left who doesn't even see their racism versus a good faith actor on the right that isn't racist at all. So when people on the right say, you're the one with the plantation mentality, here's why. Now, this is a, this is an overgeneralization, but there's plenty of right wingers that work in cubicles in offices. Absolutely. And there's plenty of left wingers that have restaurants in areas where, you know, it, whether it's in cities or whatever, uh, or in rural areas. But, you know, it tends to be if you're a, a right winger and you want that liberty of doing your own thing, having your own business, it just tends to be most of the people that I've my, worked for. My personal my personal favorite left winger is a gay guy who is a farmer in fucking Owen Sound, Ontario. That's not even a joke. Right. That's, that's who he is. Yeah. But 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 again, suppose you're an affluent upper middle class person and you live in all these towns where it's red. It's red state. There's no big cities. You have no choice. There's not a cubicle to go work in. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're going to start a business. You're going to start a cafe. You're going to do used car, whatever it is. Well, here's my point. So all like where I live, you know, it's rural. So you're not going to be working in a cubicle. You're going to have to move to a city, you know, or you're going to have to say, yeah, I'm going to live in a city. I'm going to commute to a sticky city. If I'm going to live in a rural area and you're an upper middle class guy, you're going to start a small business. and You're going to deal with poor people. And sometimes, yeah, people of color, if you're near a big, bigger city like where I live. So my point is this. If you're about capitalism, you're starting a business, you're a construction guy. If you're a total racist, you're not going to get hired a black guy and you're not going to give him the raise. Absolutely. That happens on both sides. My point though, is, if all you're is about money, I've seen it happen. And you know that that Hispanic guy, a lot of times it's Hispanic, frankly, or black. If they're your best worker and they're honest and they're getting the job done and they're a good boss where they can motivate without being an blah. that's a guy you want. You don't care about race. Now here's the opposite point. Most of the left don't deal with people of color unless they're already their peers. They're also master's degree. They speak like white people. The only people of color that many people, here it is, many people on the left, the only people that they deal with when it's people of color are the people serving, the people cleaning their offices, cleaning the trash cans, cleaning the johns, or in their house who are the gardeners. They don't interact in an everyday level with people of color that are from, uh, or people at all that are from the working class. So they're so much more out of touch, regardless of politics, than people on the right are when it comes to working class people. No, that's absolutely correct. And here's here's how I know that, like we, we like we're fucking lost, is the amount of times that I've seen uh, people on the left try to correct older gay and queer people on their language, when it's like, how the fuck dare you? Talk to them, the people that actually got gay dashed, the people who oh, like people that are not down with the current race. stuff. Oh. Yeah, like how how dare you? They blazed the trail for you. They like they got their heads kicked in so that you could hold hands with your boyfriend or girlfriend or whoever in public, and you are gonna try to correct them on their language. Fuck off! And this is what tells me like I I, I really hate falling back to the you know the the. Um, hard men make good times and good times make soft men and soft men make hard times. I, I, I hate falling into that trap, but I think in a, a lot of ways you're right. And that's kind of what it reminds you of where it comes to a lot of people on the left, how they try to endlessly analyze, but can never solve anything because they haven't actually had to deal with real fucking problems. And they generally do. They deal with people that are their economic peers. When they talk about people of color, especially when they talk about like men of color, 
they talk about them in the abstract because they don't actually have day-to-day interactions with the very people that they claim to care about. I think on that one, you're dead accurate. I mean, even in the it's, it's, hard time, microplastics make soft mats. <laughs> even, even seed oils make soft seed man. oils make glasses <laughs> yeah, I, I hear to be like uh, kind of pedantic about, about this but like i, I kind of have to point out that the study that uh, is being cited here um i did like look up the the cigna study and like uh it's it's one of those classic cases of i feel like uh selectively choosing data points because the, at mm-hmm. least the studies that i could find um, I'm just like, uh, I, I'll post the link in the, in the, the studies chat. are saying that everybody is lonely. Yeah. So here's yeah. what they actually, here's what they did. They collapsed to like, I think unrelated phenomena or like barely related phenomena. There is the study that shows that men are lonely, but everybody is lonely. Oh, m- women are lonely too. It's yep. just that men were showing higher signs of loneliness and it was more acute and I guess what the worry was here is that women tend to have more social connections than men do. That's why there was the concern about men. So it's like, well, women are feeling lonely too. However, women generally have broader and stronger social connections. Yeah. But, yeah. And, and then the second thing was that there was another study that came out in 20, is that the 2020 or 2021? That 2021. That, 21. That, um, that uh, it was like one third of men have not had sex over the age of 18, uh, between 18 and 30, one third of them had not had sex in the previous year. So they were collapsing those two things to come up with, oh, men are lonely because they aren't fucking. So the problem is, and then, and then from there, like without even looking at either of these studies, coming up with these like cockamamie solutions. So men aren't, or cockamamie like explanations for it, men are lonely and they're not fucking because they have terrible game. Or because women are beginning to outpace them in terms of income and men have to step their game up or because women are elevating their dating standards and men simply like most men simply don't or or that dudes have unreasonable standards as well like which is that like yeah, there's uh, all kinds of like uh, ridiculous reasons for it it's yeah. like did any of you read any of these fucking studies before you came up with these dumb yeah, ideas? yeah. I, I would actually here's where i would actually the thing where I, I say and this is why i think the the general response to the sort of andrew tate like manosphere has been fairly ineffective i would say overall on the left is that at the end of the day, a lot of these people fundamentally agree with his, with Andrew Tate's assumptions and, and sort of the, the premises of his argument. They just come to a different conclusion, right? Like, for example, I genuinely do not believe that, that feminism and LGBTQ rights have anything to do with why men are lonely today. And if they do, it's so minor that it's, it's basically de minimis, right? Yes. But... And yet when you read like the kind of responses to this, it's like all of these people, you know, like I, I always point to like uh, this Ash Sarkar article that just drove me insane. But uh... yeah, I know. But, th- you know, she's like, oh, yeah, well, guess what? Like, you're lonely. That's because women don't need to listen. It's because feminism, like, you know, made it so women don't need to listen to your shit. Now we have LGBTQ rights, which I don't. I don't actually think that's any, I don't think Andrew Tate has ever really railed against that specifically. Like, I don't, I don't really know how, like, allowing gay men to marry other men does anything other than reduce the competition for women. I I don't, like, it's it's a very weird argument there. I think, I think she's just sort of, you know, like, tapping that one in so she seems a little more, like, trying to hit as many kind of boxes as possible, but... The 
the point I'm trying to say here is that it's like, so what you're saying, you know, when you say things like the reason why you're lonely is because of feminism. It's like, well, isn't that exactly what Andrew Tate says, right? Isn't that exactly what the other person is saying? You've just come to a different conclusion, which is that, well, that's a good thing. And because you're, you know, problematic in X number of ways, that's why you're lonely, which I'm sorry, like, is not something people really want to hear, you know, and it's, it's also not something that I think is even really true. It's like, I, yeah, I don't, that's, I, that's the more important that it's actually yeah. not true, which, which is, a, and again, like, that's the pushback that like, I think um, in, in a kind of way, whatever uh, Andrew Tate or Jordan Peterson is saying is supposed to be some kind of bomb uh, for uh, for lonely men or like uh, disaffected men, uh, because like uh, in a kind of way it's porn, right? Like it's kind of like you're hearing exactly what you want to hear, um, and these guys are like basically feeding everything, like you know everything that's wrong with you is just a con- is a consequence of uh, these two categories that have nothing to do with you your your life uh, whatsoever. As as like Lance pointed out, uh, in fact, like a lot of people don't even have. I mean, I, I would add to that list like a lot of uh, these disaffected men quote-unquote don't don't really have like everyday interactions with uh whether it's a trans person or a queer person or like uh any kind of uh, minority that they're railing against they really don't have actual interactions that they're essentially waging a war against straw men um rather than like calling that out like you're kind of like playing into the exact characterization and saying that like these problems are somehow tied together when in fact like the, the bottom line is like just to say that it's not true and in fact like this statistic that they're citing is is actually not true um the 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 cherry picking they're actually kind of like i don't even think that they're cherry picking they're mainly just saying whatever they want to say and then they're saying that there's a study to back this and at the end of it all they're also not offering solutions because at the end end of the day uh they're defaulting to the position that there needs to be some positive masculine role model but who the fuck is that going to be Nobody is like actually even. I mean, like first of certainly, all, if somebody no, steps up the plate, I'm just gonna see it right now. Certainly none of them. Right. Yeah, and like that. I and mean, like, uh, we don't need... cleverly not volunteering to be yeah. that person either, because like that person, as uh, you know, Rory pointed out, you've pointed out as well. Like whoever steps up to the plate is going to be uh, from the first uh, like moment that that person steps up is going to be shot down, saying you're not correct, you're not like this, you're not that. Uh, so it's like we're we're kind of at a loss because there's there's really nobody uh, if there is a positive male role model that person hasn't yet been born is what it seems like. Yeah. Well, the thing is, even if he was born today, he would be sacrificed by the age of the. Like, Christ. <laughs> um, Lance, uh, Lance, I heard that you uh, had one more thing to say, so just uh, hop back in the queue and uh, I'll what we have just so you can get the uh, last that out. Uh, in the meantime, uh, Scott, you can go ahead. Hey guys, it's been a very interesting conversation. I've, I've very much enjoyed it, and I'm a uh, uh, leftist from California, so I feel like I'm stepping into a bit of uh, hostile territory. <laughs> no, listen, I, not- I, I, I am. I, I would consider myself like I don't know, possibly an extreme leftist myself. Like I'm a fucking tanky. I'm a pan African communist, and probably like the worst mistake I ever made was like foregrounding my politics and letting people know what they actually are. Because the moment I did that, the moment I actually said on Twitter, like, okay, fuck it, I'm a communist now, it was downhill from there. Because I would do, I don't know, stuff like post about, like, theory and talk about, like, an African leftists and, like, revolutions that had happened in Africa. And next thing I know, I'm being called, like, a tanky and a genocide denier and all that. So it's just, like, there's just 
no point foregrounding or oh. like prefacing anything about your politics as a guy especially because the only thing that's going to do for you is just make people hate you but i'm sorry go ahead go ahead no 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 I, absolutely i i agree with you know the left tears itself down tells tears itself down a whole lot more than the right especially when it comes to masculinity yeah. um the conversation's gone in a ton of different directions don't want to take up too much of your time um but was just thinking about kind of what Kartik was talking about and how kind of the problem with leftism and masculinity is how amorphous and uh, and the definition is kind of changing and that the people on the right, like Jordan Peterson, like Andrew Tate, are kind of giving these prescriptions for this is how we return to you know, the, the madman days where men were in charge, where they were, you know, the, the sex symbols and, and could get whatever they want by being men. Um, like, I, I just feel like that there, because it's, it seems like what, what, if I'm interpreting what Kardec was saying correctly, like people don't really have a, defined leftist that represents masculinity and my issue with it is is that i don't think that there's a defined masculinity like there's kind of a I... you know it when you see it um mm -hmm. and that there's like the the prototypical nerd would not be considered a masculine type you know the dungeons dragons playing video game guy but there are people like, you know, Henry um, Cable. I beg your fucking pardon. Oh, okay. I was just going to say Henry yeah. Cable broke that mold. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, there, there's Henry Cable. There's uh, Joe Manginello. Yeah. There's, there's, um, there's tons of people yeah. that, that, that do, that do break that mold and that are masculine despite having these characteristics that are not considered masculine characteristics. And so I feel like the, crux of masculinity is really that self-confidence is is being um confident enough in yourself to not need validation from other men i and agree that that, that, that is what what um you know the the right way the toxic masculinity is selling that they're saying you you are insecure we will show you how to be secure because we know we are secure in ours, even though it seems to me they are the most insecure people because they're the people who are talking about people's insecurities. The most. You know, I, 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 think so. if you I, I don't to really tell want people, to talk about uh, your cue. Just one I thing real quick, Rory. If you uh, have to tell people, I'm going to show you how to be a man, you've immediately disqualified yourself. How are you as a man? Uh, Lori, Rory, we were saying this the other day. Like, how are you as a man? Listen yeah. to another man tell you how to be a man. You know, that, I think that's the, the only response I have to people who are like, who are like, oh, well, you know, it, it's like we have to have like these feminist, you know, critiques of Andrew Tate. No, the easiest critique of Andrew Tate is would Andrew Tate, you know, would Andrew Tate, if he was not in charge of Hustlers University, spend whatever it is six thousand dollars to be part like of ten thousand or something yeah no what? he would never spend that money on that no he would never do it like and and that is the exact reason why you are paying him to be part of Hustlers university because he's the exact kind of guy that would tell you no i'm not going to do that 
like that's the yes. only argument that's really salient. Just everything else about Andrew Tate is like there's no point to really argue against it, right? The only thing you can say is like, how are you? Like, yeah, like you were saying, dude, like how are you as a man paying six thousand United States dollars to another man to tell you how to be a man? That is the most beta soy thing I could think. Honestly, uh, and, and like, and so you know, I think your first step to to becoming a man is to immediately recognize that that is not the step to becoming a man, right? Straight up. Well, yeah, but that's like a, that's a primary contradiction that uh, seems to be there. Like, I mean, if you want to point out uh, contradictions that uh, you know, like with things that the right wing is doing better than the left or whatever, uh, it's that the right wing is entirely full of like people who are totally happy to listen to like three people that they have designated as like positive masculine ideals or whatever even now there's a meme going around it's like what kind of man do you want to be when one side is jordan peterson the other side is andrew tate and it's like they're, they're actually going you know th- this works well Which for them like Western it's a, man yeah and it's, and it's and it works well for them because like they're totally fine and even even in the republican primary right like you can think about this uh once trump kind of like beat the fuck out of everybody else like they just yeah. like fell just, in like, line like bush yeah, and they just fell in line like they basically that he like he owned them, and and they they were totally fine to do this. Each was basically strutting around like he was an alpha in his own right, uh, but they were essentially totally you know uh, subordinated by Trump, and they were totally fine with this. But on the other hand, on the on the left, uh, you, you you don't see any kind of like falling in line like this. Uh, every single person is, is kind of like uh, assuming that they. Uh, have to tear another man down in order for them to, you know, establish their own um, alpha status. And and ironically, they they are the ones who, you know, reject this notion of alpha, which is kind of funny to me. Like the only way in which a leftist person, uh, a leftist male, or whether it's a male or female, or like you know, whatever gender uh, identification might be, um, is able to assert a positive uh, kind of like set of identities or traits is by taking somebody else down, which is you know, uh, supposedly a, a, a quote-unquote alpha thing to do, right? Like, because alpha supposedly uh, destroy other people. And that's what, like, Ben Shapiro goes around uh, doing in college campuses. That's why he was supposed to be such a, you know, a man's man and whatnot earlier. Uh, but that's kind of what the left wing seems to be doing, especially in U.S. media, that, like, all that they're trying to do is to tear another man down, uh, whereas the right wing, ironically, is is just, like, falling in line and following, like, a bunch of lambs uh, and and they're supposed to be uh, full of alphas, which is kind of like an irony that I'm not able to wrap my head around. Here's so you know, that, that, here's here's Andrew that. Tate, that speak to, go, oh, go ahead. Is, Sorry, Andrew isn't even an alpha. Like he has a story about how he was in Eastern Europe, and there was a some sort of Eastern European mafia got into it with him. And him and his brother are so scary. That they flew out of the country. They, he talks all this stuff about how he'll protect women, he'll 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 fight for them, he'll die for them. But as soon as like he he stepped up to like some real gangsters, he flew out of the country. Yeah, yeah. And, like and he wasn't even, he, he even about what he talks about, and it's like, and I'm not saying that that wasn't a smart thing to do, but at the same time, don't go portraying yourself as like your masculine man that will like die for something because it, no one dies for anything none of them got it out with the police when we got arrested 
We yeah. all gave up our guns and we all we all let our, let ourselves get handcuffs. We did not shoot it out with the police when we got arrested. Yeah. yeah. The only thing the only thing I'm dying for the only thing I, I'm dying for is pussy. That's it. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah. you know, well, just go back to what Karthik said, and I, and I think the way that to to square that, you know, using a great example, uh, which is like the 2020 uh, Republican primary, is that the thing is that all of them kind of agreed that Trump beat them, like he won, and the and at the end of the day, they stood down. They're like, yeah, that's it. He won, um, and that's it. And and like and so we, you know, we were beaten and we kind of just have to do what we have to do right like we fall in line we we had this competition you know fair is fair he won we're like we fall in line now right whereas i think with the modern there's this there's this weird sense of like if you beat me it's because you had some kind of unfair advantage like there's something you we will never we can never ever truly meet in a a head-to-head battle like we can never really you can never really beat me because we are never really playing the same game there's something there's some issue i don't know if you saw i don't know if you saw the vice panel on feminism from a couple of weeks ago but that was entirely (laughs) emblematic it was like a, a bunch of women from different walks of life that were just trying to have a conversation about feminism and they couldn't get on the same page because they had to sort out their identity issues to track who has the most privilege in the conversation and why that's a bad thing? And I'm just like, and these these are the people that we're supposed to be listening to? I'm not yeah, talking about women. I'm talking about like how like like people who have these left politics, not just feminism, but I but I think like many like varieties of left politics simply can't sort out how to even get on the same page to begin a conversation in the first place. Yeah, it's the thing is they they don't like they don't fundamentally view what they're doing as, as a fair competition where, you know, if you win, you win, right? Like, you know, if there are more listeners to this podcast than there are to this podcast, put it in really pathetic terms, that means that, you know, like, oh, more people listen to Chapo, uh, what's it like, Chapo Trap House than who listen to my, like, you know, coffee with the... Coffee with the comrades. Yeah, co- like <laughs> with some bullshit like that. And it's like, yeah. well, that's just because, you know, white men have this natural privilege. It's like, God, maybe it's just because your podcast isn't very fun and nobody wants to listen to it. Have you considered that? Have you considered that you have entered into the marketplace of ideas and lost? And you got mugged. You got, you got mugged. And instead of just being like, well, that, that's about that, you know, like I'll yeah. either like I'll learn from it or I will bow out like they did with the Republican primary. It's like, no, like you, we need to double down. Like we need to like there is something wrong here. Like there is a whole nother game that I'm going to play to try to undermine you. Right. I mean, like Jesus, it's not just on the left. I mean, you look at like the democratic primary in like 2008, like Hillary lost. And my God, that woman was like plotting on Obama's downfall, even though he blew her out of the water. And it's like, she, like she just could not lose face. She just could not, accept that defeat which is why which to be honest is the most beta thing you can do like the most pathetic thing a person can do you know whether it's a man or a woman is to refuse to graciously accept defeat. Accept defeat. Yeah. yeah is to fight it out to the bitter pathetic end and, and that's you know i think that is very 
I, I think that the way that the, the, the whatever online left that exists now structures itself, it, it views itself or it, it allows people and it, it celebrates and encourages people to have that kind of mindset. And at the end of the day, it's, it's just a bad look. Like, it, you know, it, it's just all it does is it, it promotes infighting and, and sort of this like really caustic backbiting community and, and, and vibe within the, the group, which ultimately at the end of the day drives people away. And it especially drives people yeah. who are genuinely entertaining. Sorry, uh, go ahead, Lance. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I'll, I have to say this before I make these few points because it's in the DNA, still in their brain. When it was three Democrats, everyone Republican, it was a weird coalition of Southern, you know, <laughs> racially insensitive. Let's face it, in a lot of cases, but they were small cities other than Atlanta. And it was a coalition of Southern de- white Democrats, the solid South, and it was Coastal elites then as now, and the upper middle class, the working class from really from Boston to freaking Seattle. It goes all the way across, really. Part of it's the Rust Belt. And they, and they think they still have that kind of coalition. They don't. The Republicans always had to stick together. It was always a smaller party. They were hugely outnumbered in terms of just enrollment. And so for just a lot of DNA reasons, just for those reasons, the Republicans had to get behind their guy. But if I could just make these points, yeah, so, it's the same class thing I was saying before. So now you have whole generations where, look, you are a middle class, you're a white collar person. You're being trained for college. You're not blue collar. You want to end up like those people that work for us? See? Yeah, you'll be just like them. The poor white people and the, and the poor black people. No, you're not blue collar. It's been drummed out of them. Let me just say, explain what I mean. I'm old enough to remember walking down my suburban, white suburbia in Philly and white suburbia. Oh, my God. I lived in the whitest suburbia up in Syracuse when the north, the south, and the west part, uh, east parts were more getting a little more mixed in suburbia where you had middle class black, not in the west. It was like eh, less... More racially unsensitive, and uh, they they put up more barriers on the on the west side, and for various reasons. And even there, though, in terms of class, I could walk down the street in my white suburban neighborhood, and I could see on the left hand side the guy had the, the the cover over the real fancy sports car. He had the SUV, and he had the Mercedes. On the other side, the guy had a pickup truck and a boat and a big uh, and a camper and uh, you know whatever. Gee, that was a union guy. You see what I mean? I could tell just by looking at what was parked there. And the other guy on the left was a doctor, a lawyer, or some other kind of professional. So blue-collar people were hobnobbing. I mean, then they had as much money as the, as the, as the guy that worked in a bank. That's gone now. So now you have a whole generation or two of they're not comparable. And by the way, the guy that was the guy that owned the boat and had the camper – and knew how to work on cars. That's where everybody was hanging out and drinking beer and doing the thing. Not at the guy that the lawyer got, because they wanted to take their lawyer clothes off and do blue collar things. There's a lot of Jay Leno's out there. And so that's one thing. So now these kids are being brain. This is why there's more women than men in college now, because you can't go to college. Everybody can't go to college now. Whatever the reason. Right? It's just really hard unless you got the money you're, or you have to be able to go into a lot of debt. And if you're going to go into a lot of debt, we can argue about student loans later. But if you're doing that, you're hoping at least that you're going to get a good job out of it. And you're not just going to school because you just can. And so to get that, you've got to talk like a certain way. you got to act a certain way. And so you have all these people. And I could school you. I could give you guys so much perspective from the left because I'm more, much, much, much more immersed in that world, you know. And you've also got... You know, the idea that civility over everything, this is the other part. And that's all part of this. You see, no, 
civility first. I, I get this. You can tell I'm animated, right? And I can talk in a reasonable tone. I don't have to yell and scream. Oh, well, no, civility first. You can literally, you can literally talk about neo-Nazi talking points and be good to go if you talk in a nice measured tone. But if you say something animate, too animated, you're automatically discounted. Let me uh, explain because it ain't like the revolution or whatever is going to be <laughs> won by the meek. Those guys that uh, founded our country did it in taverns, and they got rowdy. We had a duel with the sitting vice president and the city treasury secretary. You don't think they had knockdown, literal knockdown, dragout fights in the taverns when they got drunk and planned everything in taverns because that's the only place they could meet surreptitiously? That's where all that shit got planned. I bet there was. So this other thing about, again, on the right, the rowdy right, it's the quiet civil left. We have to be civil yeah. first. And then you know where, you make you know where it gets planned now? You know where it gets planned now? The fucking university lecture halls. Like it, it doesn't get planned in public. Actually, that's not entirely true. I'm being yeah. like, I'm being a little bit hyper, hyperbolic here, but it doesn't get planned out among people that have anything to lose. And I, I'll tell well, you that, like, uh, like there was a video by this uh, YouTuber that goes by the name of Kidology. I posted it in the chat like a little while ago, and I'll post it again, if necessary. But she she said something in the video where she talks about like issues that the left uh, has some definite problems with. And here's where she hit the nail on the head. She said, for all the talk of diversity that you hear from the political left, it's interesting to note that you'll see more actual diversity on the right wing. That's that you'll find all kinds of people. And I mean, look at it. Like, look at, I don't know. Look at like, uh, like the Hodge twins, fucking diamond and silk. Uh, uh, Chris, Chris, Christian now, Walker, but, yeah. yeah, it's just still now. Diamond passed away, unfortunately. Christian Walker, uh, like you'll you'll find all kinds of uh, people on the right. Uh, what's the name? Um, uh, Asian lady that got canceled and then rebranded herself as a right winger. They looking back to me. Kim Iverson. Like, oh, the- Kim Iverson. Yeah, there's like there's all kinds of people on the right that like granted they have really dumb ideas to be sure. But as long as they cue relatively little, like they can they can stray off of the uh, the plantation when, wherever they want and sort of be welcome to come back to it. But uh, you'll find that they're allowed to say things that would reach the right wing orthodoxy and still be allowed to travel in right wing circles, and yet a, a person on the political left can say something like. I don't know, like uh, they can say that, like, hey, you know what? China did nothing wrong, even as a joke, and then everybody will just like jump down their throat immediately, or they'll say one... something like, "I don't understand neo pronouns," or uh, "I think that yeah, the matter on like on, on, the matter on like gender is not as cut and dried and closed as people seem to think." And maybe it does warrant a conversation. Right. Now, is it, is it saying, like, we should just, like, listen to and entertain transphobes? No, it's just that all of this shit is relatively new for a lot of people, and we should be able to talk this out. But the moment yeah. you even suggest that issues that people have settled themselves on are not quite as settled as they would like to believe and say we should have a conversation about these things, immediately they will be dogpiled out of existence. Totally. And it's, it, yeah, so it's like for... for so they, they, they care about marginalized people in the abstract, but where it comes to the specific and the real, the material, like this is what people are in the black community or in the queer community 
hey, I belong, like me, I happen to belong to both. And I say some shit that people don't like, and they'll talk to me. Well, of course a man would say that. Like, get the fuck. Yeah, you're not allowed allowed to open your mouth and say anything. It goes against a consensus that I was never part of reaching in the first place. You got three callers behind me. Can I make one last quick point and then I'll duck out? For sure. Okay, yeah, yeah. So the friendly fascists and the hip wazee, Q. Yep, I've been dealing with them since the 70s. Uh, mm-hmm. But the old gay men, see, old, see, old gay men. Now, I've been trying, okay, the last open, discriminatory, just open, blatant, things you could never say on the left especially, but on the right too. I'm like, they're not biggest on the right, but no, I'm saying, but black, Asian, LGBTQ, absolutely not. But if you're old, forget about it. And if you're old and white, no, no, no. You have to sit down, go away. I'm talking about far lefty Marxist type saying, if you're an old white male, no, your time is, doesn't matter what you're saying. Ralph Nader, no, he's an old white guy. He's 88 and he's white. No, he's got to sit down and go away. He's not even white. Well, no, no, no. I know he's, he's Arabic. But so that old gay man thing. And I said to these people, guys, I'm a, I'm a big boy. I can handle myself. You know, it doesn't sound great, but I, I got lizard thick skin at this point. I'm good to go. But these young white kids, cause this stuff is happening. There's white elitists taking their kids out of school because they're told there's a lot of Abraham Kennedy sponges out there on the, on the freaking left who, who believe that you have a stain like a Christian, uh, uh, you know, original sin of being white and you're automatically racist. And they literally say that if you were born, like the son of a diplomat, and you were never anywhere near poverty, upper, upper, upper middle class black, you are still automatically oppressed by the most lowly trailer white person who was born poor. There's no way. They got white skin. And, Ibrahim Kendry says, we've had 400, no, we've had 400 years of discrimination. The only way to fix it is now we got to, maybe not 400 years, but now we have to discriminate against white people. And this is what these kids, these white kids, that's why they're killing themselves and going in, 18 to 22 year olds, Okay, and shooting up freaking stores. These aren't Nazis. These aren't young, not little, little, little Hitlers. These are fucking un, just unhinged white, white, white upper middle class white kids who are being told you're useless. Get out of the way. One more thing. The Black Lives Matter. They're all lesbian. They make sure that you know that the black men are to- are treated like shit by white women. I don't know if you guys know that they are treated like garbage. They are useless. They are they are horrible. We women, if we could do it, we'll put enough sperm in a bank to go for hundreds of years. We don't need those black men. Oh, white, black women are the most men hating. Forget about the Me Too bullshit. No, no, no. A thousand times worse. And so there's all that stuff going on on the left that's just, just trying to tear men down every which way from Sunday. And then they wonder why, you know, this shit happens. And I mean, I, I think so. So two things I just want to say. I think one, I, I'm un- genuinely unsure about whether or not like Ibrahim Kendi is, you know, causing shootings. That's beside the point. But I, I, one thing I do want to add, um, is that I the, the one issue is that I don't think that the right wing is appealing to working class people either. Like, oh, did I, Lance I read social dominance theory? Oh, sorry. What's it? So was that Said? Okay. Oh, sorry. I, 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 I want to ask Lance. Did he read social dominance theory? <laughs> He's talking oh. about uh, negrophobia and everything. Uh, oh, um, oh, 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 oh. Uh, uh, social dominance by Jim Sedanius and Felicia. Brown. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm joking, my favorite. I'm joking asking though. Lance if you read that. Oh, <laughs> sorry, sorry. That's no, all good. It's all good. 
Actually, no, you, no, no. you go ahead with your. No, you go ahead with yeah, your comment because I want to make sure that we. Uh, okay, okay. Oh, basically, yeah, we like, uh, to, I want to add to what you guys were basically saying. I was calling you about the um the men topic, but because that I thought that that was one of the discourses that was really interesting, in on Twitter, at least in my opinion. But but first about about what you were talking about about the right wing and the left. The reason why the right wing is easier to coalesce because they're politically coherent. Like even the, like I'm going to go like even like the most broad like abstract sort of level like right right wingers don't have to um when, when, when they're talking to, about describing society right wingers don't have to like create um fictions about society about how the world really is whereas liberals have to for example like uh, how, how, how do how do i explain it like liberals like a, a lot of times if, if you listen to, to, to liberals they'll talk about how they don't understand how black people and whatever minority groups that, that come over here become conservative, but really it's, it's that they they believe everything you believe, that they just don't have like all the BS surrounding it. So for example, a liberal will say that they believe that they should be like a national healthcare system, but then all but then um like add this abstraction of that I I would support it, but we need to have like individual people need a, an in, individual choice to, to healthcare and stuff like that. And but and all these abstractions and stuff like that. Whereas a conservative will just straight up just go out and say, like, you don't deserve this. You got you like you 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 have to um you have to put 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 your pick yourself up by your bootstraps or whatever. There's no like um there's no obfuscation of anything. And also like 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 their 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 project like if you're a conservative, you just have like a simpler project than like a liberal or a leftist who who have a very different vision of the world. Like it's just easier to co to cohere and come together as a conservative movement than it is as a liberal movement but um but but, uh, but also like uh, on, on the topic of like um I, 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 correct me if i'm wrong but you, you guys were talking about like the zuko's mama tweet right what we were talking tangentially about- probably because what? like she responded to uh, vosh's tweet i don't think we uh yeah my, yeah the no, one no, thing no, that, I, the one thing i will not do on the show is story. talk about people's tweets on unless it's like yeah. No, 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 no. Oh, so I it's, it's not like any drama thing. Like, 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 like I follow that account and I, and I okay. disagree with him. I, I, I don't. I, it's not drama, whatever. Like, I, okay. I, I'm literally just like, what are we? I'm, I'm, I'm just asking like a question of like, are you talking about the discourse about like, um, are are men do men deserve help and blah blah blah? So that's all I'm trying to get at. That's all I'm trying to get at. I think I think like it, it was based. We're, we're stopping at the tweet that uh, tweet or whatever like the the conversation that Bosch had. Uh, on the Young Turks because okay. uh, that's what led to any kind of like concrete conversation beyond Twitter. Okay, okay, well, cool. Like my my, my thing, I don't know. So, so, so part of me just doesn't really care about masculinity discourse because like it like then we answer this already. Like everyone has a feminine side, everyone has a masculine side. Just live your life, but I don't know. But like, but like if if if, if we really are like dead set on like dividing, creating the start divide between how people act and everything. Like and there needs to be a positive leftist good masculinity. Like, I I I, I kind of like agree with the people that that like um say that men not not that men don't deserve help or that we shouldn't interact with men that need help, but that like they want to embody masculinity in a specific way. Do you think that's unreasonable to say? No, I agree with that. I I think that. You know, I, I actually very much agree where it's like, yeah, you're right. Like, it's the, the entire masculinity conversation, person. I don't even like having it because you're right. There is no one particular type of masculinity. It's, it's yeah. a, 
a wide spectrum of things and, and to kind of, you know, sit down and try to parse out and sort of decide, you know, what what's the good masculinity and what's, what's the bad masculinity. Yeah, it's it's just it's Separate, just a, it's just such a stupid topic. That, but it general, is very but dumb. And, and really... I, I don't think, you know, I would argue that like I don't think that we do that with femininity, right? We don't go. What are the good kinds of femininity? But but uh, there's reason for that. Like, uh, oh my god, I'm forgetting who wrote about this. But basically, like because femininity just disguises what masculinity isn't. Like actually, masculinity yeah. is more heavily policed than femininity. That's the reason why that's this. But I'm forgetting the paper, like. There, there's a writer that predicted that we, we would have this crisis because, like, what it means to be a woman has changed, or what it means to be a man hasn't changed and cannot change. And, I, and I, I'm, I'm going out of blank. I'm so sorry. But look, you can continue. Sorry, sorry about that. I mean, I think you, you kind of like uh, pointed yeah. it out pretty beautifully because uh, uh, this would be an easy answer to this this conundrum as well, which is that like one of the bigger problems that masculinity has is the extent to which the right wing wants to reduce it these like three or four different qualities and like that's kind of like exactly uh, the only things that are supposed to be followed and, and stuff like that and if you really want to have a positive masculinity on the left then you basically have to open it up and say that like then masculinity can be a ton of things that uh, you know you, you don't have to feel like you're lesser than uh, as a man because you know you don't have xyz uh, when you know all that andrew tate would say is basically that like you're a loser and that you have to join us join us program uh, but the left wing doesn't have to do that like and i, I mean I, even that would be a pretty and, 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 easy it's so answer funny with andrew tate too so, sorry the, the, the thing with andrew tate is so funny too because like if you look back in history like all the like most dominant guys with the exception of like maybe like genghis khan or whatever they're all like fancy land. like alexander the great was like gay like <laughs> Philip, Frederick the Great was gay. Like, it, like historically, it was, it was it was gay guys. Like, honestly, I, I think the U.S. military sucks now. One of the reasons why it sucks now is because like it's less gay. It's like too too many like um um uh, what what can we call it? What's what's that like um that that like super Islamophobic coffee brand? God damn it! Oh, Black Rifle Coffee Company. But it's too like it's a bunch of like Black Rifle Coffee guys that like do that like spend all day in the gym and stuff like that. You need like a fancy lad. Like you need like a um. That, like there's a there's a there's a picture of, of like I, I think it's like like General Douglas MacArthur and he has his legs like crossed or whatever. You need, oh, like, that's like, that's that's yeah, he's a bit of a queen, and, and all generals yeah, kind you, of you, are. And, and, I, I don't you know, trust I, the military I, if you're too straight. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, <laughs> the, thing, the way I the way I compare it is here's the way I think of it because I, I recently reread the Iliad, right? And like the Iliad is, is just this rich collection of, of multiple characters. It's it's all about dudes. It's, it's a dudes rock. Like people talk about oh. it's they're going after Helen of Troy. No, like nobody cares. Literally, nobody cares other like than like the, maybe the leaders of both sides. It's all about guys like going out and like getting into fights with each other, and like and and this like kind of weird comp like these sort of like manly competitions and things. And the thing is, I I find very interesting is that there's just this rich. There's so many weirdly different and kind of rich characters with their own kind of faults and and you know and virtues and it's a great story like it's one of the i mean it's the the classic canon of, of western literature and i think the thing is now what we're doing is we're basically trying to do that but with like 300 yeah right it's like the same work. <laughs> humorless gruff angry guy they're all the same it's all completely monotone and it's like oh my god yeah they're all like Extras from a Frank Miller production. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's totally uniform. It's totally level. It's so boring. It's so 
so dull. It's like this. You're everybody's. They're trying to smash every type of guy into the same blender or into the same sort of mold. And and I think that's a real issue with how the left responds to this sort of or or how like I, I hate to say the left, but this sort of the, the counter to the sort of manosphere responds yeah. to to these guys like Andrew Tate is that they want to do the exact same thing. It's just they want a different mold. And but the like, thing is though like oh sorry. Oh no no I, I was just gonna say that it, the thing is, at the end of the day, the mold itself is the problem. Yeah, but but I mean, like, the thing is, though, like, like uh, and and I'm I'm sorry, I'm sort of like circling back to what I originally thought, like, was originally saying, like, if we're going to have this like strict dichotomy, like the dichotomy that the um, of masculinity that the right paints is like way just less pathetic than the one of the left paints. Like the left has all this stuff about like crying a lot, and of course, like if you're a man, you should, you should cry, like when it's worn sick, I guess, but also it's, it's, it's like crying and like being in your feelings and stuff. I don't like to hold, do the whole, like, you know, men shouldn't be emotional thing because frankly, like men should be emotional uh, just well, in the right context. Here's the thing. Like, everyone, all of us, everyone. all of us are emotional at all times. Like let's yeah. just get that out of the way. <laughs> when you say I'm not being emotional or that I'm being logical, that's like, that is an emotion driving you to say that. That's basically like, your own need to prove yourself like er, emotions drive all of our decisions logic is how we logic is how we work out actions and emotion is what has us take actions so everything that you do is always going to be based on an emotion but dwelling in your feelings all the time yeah like just constantly dumping your feelings under the people it's fucking exhausting no like, one should do that. Like no one, men yourself. or women, should do but that. This, exactly. But, this, 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 but that's that's what people seem to be wanting to like encourage guys to do. Is like, well, don't be more in touch with your emotions. Be emotionally intelligent. Emotions, emotions, emotions. And it's like sometimes you sh- you sometimes you could just keep your emotions and put them in a fucking diary. I don't have to hear them all the time. Also, emotional intel- intelligence isn't just expressing your emotions. It's also like how do you deal with other people's emotions and stuff like that. Like it's not just vomiting your emotions that can that's a part of emotional intelligence it's like deeper than that but 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 uh, but, and even though like the rights vision of masculinity just kind of dumb like it just looks cooler i'm sorry kevin samuels looks smooth bro i'm sorry like he that that was i'm gonna tell you right now i hate to i hate to reference the loki show the loki tv show yeah hear me out for a second have you seen that show i have not seen it i will not see it too sorry (laughs) okay so there's actually uh, an interesting sort of like uh, twist at the end, where mm-hmm. uh, Loki and I forget the name of his like his counterpart from another universe. Um, like there's a female Loki, I forget her name. Mm-hmm. Um, they they encounter like the person who is sort of keeping the the multiverse in check, like keeping the multiverse uh, in line. And it, he, his name is uh, He Who Remains. He's played by Jonathan Majors, and it's basically a version of <laughs> Kang the Conqueror from, from the Marvel comics. So okay. the the version of Kang in the mainline uh, Marvel Comics universe, he exists to make sure that the more evil and more chaotic versions of him don't like destroy the multiverse. And I kind of feel like that's what Kevin Samuels was. Because look what has happened since he died. It just unleashed a fucking torrent 
of the dumbest. Andrew Tate exists because Kevin Samuels w- w- left. Not by just the way. Andrew Tate, but like Fresh and Fit, and like all these other stupid ass podcasts. Like, but 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 like I, yeah. I feel like Kevin Samuels like absorbed all the energy that like Andrew Tate was able to use to 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 um to get get off and really like. Kevin Samuels. First of all, I I I, I do not support Kevin Samuels. He's, he's, Here's he's the thing. Awful. I don't I don't actually think he was that bad of a dude. I he think, was. I, no, hold up, hold up, hold up. <laughs> I think he had a lot of stupid ideas, to be sure. Okay. I think he said a lot of dumb things, but was he a terrible person? I don't really. Think I, so. I, I mean, we never know when 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 you talk when you're dealing with people online, you don't know yeah. like what kind of person they are really just you can only like no, no but what i'm saying is even even based on the stuff that he's actually saying like watching his <laughs> show right he, let me put this you can really only hate or love kevin samuels if you are interested in the subject matter that kevin samuels is talking about and i definitely wasn't so mm-hmm. just listening to it at, like sort of a listening to it at a bit of an emotional remove where it's just like i think that dating discourse is dumb and we have bigger problems to worry about but True. like People would call into his show and and just to kind of like lay down on the railroad tracks for him, be run over. They would say like, oh, you know, like I want to find, like I want to figure out why is it that I can't like find someone to marry me. Men and women would do this, and he would yeah. just like rip them apart. And I'm thinking, I'm sitting there thinking like, well, what did you think he was gonna say to you exactly? Like you, yeah, know, the people like, that call into his show, you know what type of time like, he's on? Yeah, they're 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 definitely a lot lot like Cenobites. Like they just seem to like love pain, but. Kevin Samuels did not have to deal out the pain, but he did. <laughs> like, well, I, I, I also think, though, I also think that there were some things that he... I'm not saying Kevin Samuels was right. I think there was some some very correct observations that he made, though. He right? did. Which is, but, he, but there's a way to say things, though, that he didn't He didn't have to say it the way yeah, he said it. That's the thing. I'm just not interested in all that. So, okay, when I, yeah. I, I want to be very clear about the correct things that I think that he would say. Mm-hmm. He would say things, for example, like um, when women would say that... Uh, Oh, you know, it's like terrible that men uh, uh, want to discriminate based on like my size. And he'd be like, "Okay, but don't you discriminate based on how much money they make or how tall they are?" And it's like, "Oh, yeah, that that does happen." You know, you know why? Because people are allowed to decide for themselves what they want in a partner. Like that's just something that people are able to do. True. Here's the other part: when people would like have all of these insane qualifications, and he would just say like, "Okay, so we're going to find somebody like that." It's like, yeah, like this whole like build a nigga idea like you're just you're making up somebody in your own head that you, you yeah know, your partner wanted does this person even exist and then here's the other question why would that person be interested in you specifically? yeah, yeah that, that's another thing like stuff like that is like exists, that's how will you back them? yeah 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 <laughs> stuff like that, is like, yeah, that also is that you know keep in mind like the one thing i will say about uh kevin samuels which did which definitely does differentiate him from a lot of other you know what we would now consider manosphere figures even though i don't think he was part of it is that he had a very significant number of female listeners women followers yes after kevin samuels another thing that happened for me was like a lot of like women that like basically preaches his message I, I, I don't know if you guys are familiar with um with, with the Ch- champagne shark podcast yeah like he's like one of my best friends okay okay good good, good. So, so, so so like he he calls them kevin's angels <laughs> bro, it's like, so true, bro, bro. Like, there are like so many women <laughs> Who are just like preaching the, the gospel to Kevin Samuels? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Crimson know. Cure, for example. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm obsessed with these channels. The like the 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 trad women channels again. Yeah, Melly passed away. Exactly because he passed away, they've all like escaped into Gen Pop. It's insane. But he, yeah. here's here's the other thing though. Like, I think that he has some very weird like traditionalist ideas that never really existed. Like he, I think he has like these ideas about like 
the black historical past that didn't really exist. Uh, also, also, Kevin Samuels is but, not, is not, the, 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 also a lot of SJWs seem to believe that too. Like they, they just go in another direction with it. That like this weird idea how like women never worked. That's not, that's like a brief moment. That in is a that weird. Never, yeah, because like for black people, that was just never true. Like yeah, I think only one uh, prior to um, prior to the 1960s, only one third of black women who are not of retirement age were were stay at home. But um, but but, but had, even for like white working. women that that, that like yeah. wasn't a thing like like of course there there was a gender division of labor we can discuss if that's bad or whatever blah blah yeah. but like everyone worked like you you had to work there was like cottage industries and stuff like that that was destroyed by capitalism and then also there was like literally women in factories and stuff but yeah. I, I don't know people people are just so weird with gender and stuff I don't know it, because people position gender as the primary contradiction and in a lot of ways mm-hmm. it kind of is. I don't think it is, but I think it just has been built up in imagination to be the primary contradiction because like, I think it's really just one of those only, like one of the only things where you can look at our bodies and say, well, there is a difference between us. So therefore, yeah, do I necessarily believe that? I I don't know. I'm not, I'm not really a big, like, I don't really have a lot of stakes in this whole gender shit either way. Seriously. But I think that it's just like for people, it's so like present and in front of their faces that they have to make it into a contradiction. And in my imagination, it really isn't. I think a lot of this shit is easily solvable and easily worked out if you like come to the conclusion that most people have, I think, a fairly similar and terrible experience in the world that we live in. Like, mm-hmm. sure, better than it has been before, but generally, we're not happy. We are atomized. We are very lonely. We do feel alienated from a lot of other people. It is very difficult to build social bonds. We are not able to build sustainable livings. It's very hard to find a job that's going to pay you a barely living wage that you can count on to exist in the next, say, five years, never mind the next, like, 10 or 20 when you're heading towards retirement. Like, Mm -hmm. life is still very difficult for a lot of people. And I think that in the face of all this, we still, for some fucking reason look at each other and say okay but you have it better than me therefore and then from that spring all of this utter fucking nonsense that we occupy ourselves with while the while the ruling class of people makes off with our money yep that that, that's um that's true like like during like like big 70s like academia now now we now we make fun of academia as like completely toothless and everything like that and and that's true whatever but 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 like I, I, I feel like, um, like I, I feel like, 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 it, like during the seventies, like there's this pivot away from like action, and uh, and and um and politics that 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 focuses on changing yeah. the world to Looking like discourse. postmodernism. Postmodernism is what killed all this shit. Yeah, all, it, the, it, all it, of it, the momentum but, 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 that we had but, built but, up to prior to then, postmodernism yeah, absolutely it, annihilated it. Yes, but the reason why why politics um, p- p- pivoted to, to um towards like words and linguistics and stuff like that because like the avenues for like which affecting change and stuff like that and and and, and impacting your community like that they were closed off like uh, I don't I don't believe that. I really don't believe that I don't believe that. are you sure I, no, I'm, de- I'm dead ass <laughs> I am dead ass right now I'm gonna, I'm gonna say right now I think a lot of people are just pussy personally. Like, I look at, like, the amount of, like, protests that take place. Like, th- there's a, pro- a massive protest shutting down the country in France right now because they want to mm-hmm. ra- raise the age of retirement to 64. Right? Yeah, like, but the, 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 the Indian farmers protests last year. That's because the French are actually what Americans think they are. Like, Americans had this idea that, that we're, like, cowboys yeah. and, 
we, we, we we'll we'll shoot anything up if 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 like um our rights overruled. When that's not true. If, if you just if you if you just like put a dash of racism over something, Americans will accept anything. It's not it's not French just, the racism. It's not, it's not just the racism. It's not that. Here's yeah. what I think it fundamentally is. People in North America, but this is also I think true of like Canada. I think it's true of the UK and several other Western countries. I think France is a bit of an anomaly. We don't trust each other. We don't trust. We don't trust the, the person next to us that they are going to have our collective interests at heart long term. We all believe mm-hmm. at some point we're going to sell each other out. And that lack of trust has become basically a shorthand into if you say the wrong thing, then I think you are heading down the path of selling me out at some point in the future. So I'm going to treat you like you already have. I think that's fundamentally what it boils down to is that we're all like playing the, the like we're all basically stuck in the prisoner's dilemma. You know yeah. I mean? But, 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 but the, uh, the, where I would differ from you is, even though, like, I, I want us to get out of this, I don't think that, like, when when people, okay, like, I, I, I'm going to talk about settlers. How how does how do you feel about <laughs> oh, that? Oh boy, God, those, those are the, those are the oh, last words I want to hear on this fucking podcast, bro. Podcast. <laughs> you better make it good. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Uh, if I if I can like take it in a take, take it in a slightly different direction, I think like it's kind of re- really important to look at this, uh, and I would like to differ from uh, at least the right wing. I think the left wing. Uh, some of them at least like are willing to, you know, acknowledge this is that like, and, and Q, you kind of hit, uh, like, you know, made, you made a pretty salient point in pointing out that like in France, there are people on the streets, Indian farmers were on the streets. What is common between the two of them is that they were on the streets. And there's a lot of this uh, kind of illusion that uh, talking in these kind of spaces, whether it's social media on Twitter or like whether it's these podcasts and like the, the fact that there's a sustained audience uh, for certain forms of content and like, uh, you know, that kind of gives the impression that, uh, you know, people are paying attention, that there is some kind of scope for change when like, you know, we're kind of consistently realizing that these are all like slowly and but steadily becoming their own echo chambers. Uh, you know, it, we have to look ourselves in the straight in the face and realize that like, you know, this podcast could go down the same route. And that's the kind of limiting factor when it comes to uh, social media discourse and that like, you know, it, real kind of change, whatever you want to try to do, uh, it, it it's going to have to involve the, the real world outside uh, on the streets. And I think like that's the one place where I think like in the West, there's a, there's both the, the comfort and the, the illusion that an online discourse or uh, conversations online can actually lead to uh, any kind of like tangible change, which seems to be the problem with uh, the masculinity discourse, uh, the positive masculinity discourse as well, because like every single person was like talking about how you can create new content that could like fight Piper men away from being fascist or whatever. But like essentially that can only come from actual community and not the illusion of a community that the online space provides, which I think I wanted to just like throw out there. Like we, we need to look beyond just the online space and talking to each other on social media and uh, whatnot and actually go outside and embrace the community. Well, here, here's what the thing. Like, we were, we were on, in the streets en masse. Hold up. We were in the streets en masse in 2020. The, the, the issue is, what does being in the streets actually do? And, I, you know, I, I hate to say this because I, at the very onset of it, I was, like, dead set against it. And the more I thought about it, I was like, why? Why am I reflexively against this? Which was the truckers' protests in Canada last year. Right. Where like people were saying like, you know, because like uh, people were walking around with like Nazi flags and people walking around with like fuck Trudeau flags that these people are all fascists. 
I'm just like, Ugh. does that make them fascist though? I don't really know about all that. Because they did have, I think, a legitimate grievance with the government. I think there was a legit, like a legitimate complaint to be made there. And how do they go about it? Well, by blocking down major avenues of commerce and ended up forcing the government to essentially like fall back on a constitutional loophole to get them to stop. And in France, I don't know that anything like that exists. Like their constitution is a lot more strongly written, or more, a lot more like solid than the Canadian constitution, which is basically barely worth the paper that it's written on. There, there are so many ways that are that allow the government to circumvent the normally order, like the normal order of affairs, in its own favor. That it's barely even a constitution, but like they were incredibly effective at forcing the government's hand, and also like essentially like showing how people power will always trump, like. Language, it will trump pretty much everything else that we can come up with as a substitute for people en masse taking a complaint or a grievance to the government to force change. And as you said, like this is what happens in France, this is what happens in India. I think we, we have had protests here about the uprisings in 2020. The problem is, because, again, like I said, we don't trust each other. All of the stuff gets subsumed into stupid, like, party politic bullshit. And I think one of the reasons that in this conversation where we're talking about like, you know, masculinity and so forth is that like, are, do you expect us to trust you, the very same people that allowed literally everything that you hold dear and important that you think cannot be solved by a current mode of government, you allowed it to be subsumed into party politics. And now you want to have a conversation about not, not like the, the economy, about laws, now we're talking about like how we're going to sort out masculinity. You think that we're going to let the most like politically ineffective people inject politics into masculinity and say this is what you should be doing instead? And, and that's why like I didn't really want to talk about settlers or any kind of shit like that because it's like unfortunately like we really got to take a big step back and ask: Are we the kind of people that other people want to listen to? And I'm going to say <laughs> based based on like recent history, no, the left is, we have no room to talk or to ask uh, anyone to listen to us about anything to do with masculinity. What I would, I think what Thankfully, I would say, I'm not on the left, so I'm not part of that we. Well, yeah. one thing, I would, thing. One thing I would, would book on that is, you know, especially with the, you know, one thing that we forget about, you know, especially like the farmers' protests in India, is that you know what? Who are the people that are primarily behind that? Well, it's people from small farming villages, and yeah. the thing you have to remember about small farming villages is that you know while they do have this sense of you know social solidarity, they are deeply, deeply conservative and deeply, deeply socially, you know, in, in many ways, deeply socially regressive and part and an insular and self-dealing in their own ways and and while you can say well you know we need to combat that right you know we need to we need to allow these sorts of you know we need to you know kind of stand against these sorts of tendencies in these communities there's also an understanding that that will at its fundamental core begin to break down the unit or break down the sort of unity and cohesiveness of a community i mean one, you know, one thing that really sprung to mind, one thing that really stood out to me is there was that woman, I think she was like a union organizer with like the AFL-CIO. 
Um, and there was basically, she came online basically just to say like, you know, just cause you're in a union doesn't mean like, it turns out like, actually you can get somebody fired for saying something bad, even if they're in a union and it'll happen right away. And there won't be any kind of process. It's basically the same, like as outside of a union. And the answer is, well, no, right. Like that, no, that that's not how that's going to work. Right. Because the whole idea of a union is that you cannot be completely at the whim of a company's HR team. Like there are individual rights for individual workers. Like you can't just be fired because, you know, you said something bad online, right? There is a process you have to go through. And, and there, and that comes, and the benefit of that is that you gain a stronger sense of identity and solidarity with other workers, right? Because you're not wholly at the mercy of your employee, the caprice of your employer and the social media team that, you know, governs their, the, the company, you know, representation online. The downside of that is that at the end of the day, like if somebody's being a racist at work, unfortunately, you still have to go through the exact same processes to kick them out that they would for a totally, you know, maybe what we would consider more, you know, a less legitimate firing, right? And, and the thing is that, there has to be this understanding of like, you can have this sort of panopticon of, of busybodies, right? Of people looking over each other's shoulders and kind of deciding, you know, and kind of commenting on how they live, who they're date, who they're into, what they say, and, and, and be able to, you know, remove those people from the community. But at the same time, that is going to create a community that is deeply, deeply, you know, a, hostile to each other, right? They're, it's going to, you know, eliminate any sort of sense of, of unity, any sort of sense of safety, and, and alienate people from that, you know, from that group. And, and the thing is, those, you cannot square that, right? Those two do not, like, you cannot have the, the sort of intense surveillance that we have sort of now online, where everybody's in everybody's business, and a sense of of, of black male and and you know a, a respite from alienation it's like no that is as alienating if not more alienating than a lot of people things people experience at their place of work i'll put it to you like this at least at my place of work if i'm making the company money i get to keep my spot uh, online you know in these like left social circles i can say have one bad take and i'm gone Right. Like I'm out and like you'll never, ever, you know, people will never, ever let you forget these things. And it's like that is as a, that is more alienating than anything I, I than many things we experience. And, you know, the sort of things that we're told are the most alienating parts of modern life. It's like, no, that and I think that's where if, if the right has any kind of social purpose, it's this right amongst people that aren't just like completely insane, like above ground pool heads. The, the only social cachet they would have is that they fundamentally recognize how absurdly miserable and alienating the, the sort of modern liberal left progressive social spaces. They recognize how just like how completely alienating and, and awful that really is. And, and they've managed to it's the, be able It's to... the fucking Thunderdome now. Yeah. I, I mean, it's... 
it's so brutal. It's, and, it's and, awful. and at least at least in the Thunderdome, one man leaves. Plus, like, spaces you're not guaranteed to live at. Like it is not guaranteed anybody will survive. No, and and I would say one. You know, like I I follow a lot of like gun guys, and it's funny they'll have like these weird spats about politics, but they always end with like. You know, that's your opinion, but I still love you and respect you, brother. You know, keep yeah. doing what you're doing. And it's like, damn, that's nice. Look at those people, like, being friendly to each other, even though they have a disagreement. And then you see people on the left, and it's like, my God, it's like, it's on site. And it's like, yeah, like, they they fundamentally recognize, at least on the right, how awful and miserable that is. Well, I mean, and, look, at you, look well, at you and me, for example. Like, you, I've seen people call you an incel, and people have said that I am MRA adjacent. And it's like, so it's no longer even guilt by association, it's what I call guilt by free association. Meaning, you may not actually espouse these ideas. You may not actually, like, be around people that espouse these ideas, but you remind me of somebody who would. So therefore, in, like, the free association I've just created in my head, you are the exact same thing, or type of person, as the guy that I just invented. Therefore, guilty. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, like, well, first off, and the the answer, I think, to this, like, I, I think the answer that every guy should have to that is like, good, I'm not interested in you, right? Like, I, I don't actually want your, like, you're actually kind of mid, to be honest. Like, I'm, I'm very, I'm, like, I would prefer, honestly, if you, like, you know, didn't express any interest in me. And so it's good that you don't. Right, like that's the reality. It's like yeah. you know, like oh my, oh make... my god, the most and the most annoying types of people on the internet uh, would not fuck me. Well, oh yeah, thanks. no, oh my god, I appreciate like, it. yeah, it's just like, and the thing that's funny about that is like, you know, if you don't want to be viewed as a sexual object, which I don't think you should be, I think that you should be then don't don't then bring don't up sex about in a non-related conversation. Make... Yeah, yeah, like don't bring sex into it. Like don't. Don't make it about whether or not you're hotter than me, especially when it's like it has nothing to do with the conversation we're having. And and it's especially funny that I think a lot of people don't know really what I look like, uh, which is very funny when certain people like in, I'll say in the Brooklyn area, it's like, oh, like I'm like an ugly. And so like, oh, let, me, let me check the uh, most like mousy, dumpy dump, people imaginable. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, let me just see, like, you know, because there's been a few cases where it's like, I recognize you, and I don't recognize you from here. I recognize you from, like, my matches on age. Like, it's like, and it's it's a small thing, but it's like, no, you really, really should not bring sex into this period, right? If you don't want to be viewed as a sexual object, don't make it about sex. And, and at least for me personally... I very much try to avoid bringing that up when I get into arguments, especially with women. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I, I try to keep it out of that sphere as much as possible because it's like, no, like, I don't want to talk about it. They probably don't want to talk about it. But then for some reason, it always gets brought back in, right? And Well, it's two things. Well, it's either, like, it's either your looks, i.e. your looks slash, like, sexual uh, chemistry or femicide. It's guaranteed to be one of those two. Yeah, and and the thing I would I would add if, to if that I is could like, jump in here. Oh yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, bringing it back a little bit, you were talking about like the rural Indian farmers, like and how there was like a lot of solidarity and stuff, and they were like tend to be conservative. And I would maybe more like nuance, not like disagree, but it's kind of looping in with what you're talking about here. Is people will talk about how like I don't know they'll insert whatever pet peeve they have, like you're an incel or you know 
know, your MRA or something like that. And it's fundamentally that these people don't know how to talk to each other. And in rural communities, small rural communities, there's a lot of disagreement. There's a lot of beef. But these people need, they can't, they have to like face their problems and they have to, and they understand fundamentally that they have to work with the people that are around them, even if they vehemently disagree on certain things, which is something you never see on the left, because that's, I think that's just the defining trait, which is if one person makes one mistake or, you know, one group makes a mistake or a pol, you know, you're a part of a political party and they have one policy that you disagree with, you just call the entire project or you're some, you just call everything dead. You just cut off all ties and you said, we have to start from scratch because they don't have to face these problems. Whereas people like, you know, like these small Indian rural farmers understood that even though maybe they have disagreements with their neighbor, that the, they have to band together. Otherwise they're going to get, they're going to be destroyed by the Indian government with, with new policies. They understand that they have to work with people that they disagree with ultimately. And they have to try to work around these types of scenarios because they just have to, they, they don't have a, any other option. Well, that's because the Indian farmers aren't like organizing out of a group chat or like, you know, they're not united by their uh, podcast consumption preferences. And I think like, that's kind of what I'm like coming at it, which is like a lot of these grievances seem to be uh, singly directed towards like a, a media space as opposed to a, a community. And I think like we, we do have to like make the distinction between what's an online community and what is strictly a media space. And I, I think like the the left especially is conflating the two. It's kind of like thinking that a media space where there are media figures who have like interrelationships with each other and there are audiences that listen to their content. And it's kind of like conflating that to be a can I just community. Say, I, can I just say that I don't think there's such a thing as an online community? Like I, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry, I'm sorry. But like, if you, if you can say something to a person uh, in an online space that will not bring you like repercussions. Like somebody will like call you up on the phone or like be like, Hey, listen, I need, we need to meet and talk about this. Like if there are no real life repercussions that we say and do online, it's not really a community. It's just a shared space. I mean, if there's someone that's going to sell you out the easiest, it's going to be someone you only know from the internet, exactly. internet who lives yeah. in the state six hours away. Yeah. They're going to sell you out the fastest. Most yeah, likely. Absolutely. But, so that's yeah. why like, it's almost, it's, it's almost yeah. insulting to, you know, like make these comparisons with whether it's the farmers protest or, uh, or even with the, with the George Floyd uprising um, or, or like any, anything that happened in the real world, because like those were not like offshoots of uh, some kind of like our community, quote unquote, community organizing that took place online, because as Q pointed out, there is no such thing as an online community, because there's no contours of it that is actually clearly boundaries of it that's clearly defined. Again, we have the same issue that we have with, uh, you know, something like masculinity or toxic masculinity or positive masculinity. There's, first of all, not an agreeable set of definitions, uh, and it's not uh, defined for any, you know, clearly articulated boundaries of whatever a community could be um, and i think like without either of those uh, you're just talking to yourself like or, or you're talking to uh, a group of people you're riling up a group of people that are likely to agree with you and you know validate your opinions and so on it's just basically um, me media figures setting their respective uh, 
what are they called like cloud uh, and like followers on each other to build on that what i would say just my kind of summary is that i think that the right at least in america is a like i think it was saeed that said like the right is a cohesive political movement and i think that i would add that the left is a media ecosystem and that's the fundamental Mm. difference yeah right there's no there's no goals there's no shared vision all it is is just people kind of you know trying to cut out and defend small sort of um, fiefdoms, essentially, of audience, right? I mean, that's that's essentially what this MAGA communism stuff is, right? It's just, here's, you know, this there's this set of birdie people, and we're going to cut them out, and we're going to make our own little, like, our own little kind of club that we get that is all based on our audience. And then there's this other group that gets cut out. And, it, it, you know, it's not about expanding or trying to appeal to different people. It's about fighting over a stagnant media space. And that's well, it. And that's yeah, I fundamental. Think I think now shrinking media space. You're right. Yeah, I would say peepdoms is the best way to describe it because it is just a bunch of little ruling like kingdoms that kind of yeah. go to war. They go to war with each other, too. Yeah, they they, they talk about it like war. that. Yeah. yeah. So, and that's another thing. So we were talking about like, wait, you know, way in the beginning, we're talking about like male, there's no quote unquote, no good male role models. I think there's plenty of good male role models. It's just that you can't agree with people on the internet because, you know, this group's going to say this person did something negative. So, you know, we have to toss them out and this person did something negative and you have to toss them out. I think there's plenty of good male role models. It's just that you can't like anoint someone to be the good male role model. Like these, like you can't, like we did this with Hillary Clinton. Like you can't just say Hillary Clinton is now the queen of the United States. People don't respond to that. You can't say that this is going to be the good role, male role model. People just kind of have to see what people like, what someone does and say like, Oh, you know, that's, that looks like an appealing person to try to aspire to be. And, that. Yeah. That. That's why the left is like a like a media media ecosystem. It's because it's not, they're, they're just arguing at the end of the day. They're just, trying to I don't you know, form little fiefdoms you know, I, I said this at yeah. sort of the beginning I, I, no hold on there are there are good male role models like I said Joey Swell from TikTok okay that's that is the that is the male role model everyone should be aspiring towards no I, I think that the point I'm, I'm trying to say is that no I agree with you and I agree with Robert I mean I agree with both of you and I, I think that the way when you know when Q and I were talking about like doing this show the thing I said is that like at the end of the day there just needs to be content that is just geared towards that like and it, it doesn't have to be explicitly so which is why i sometimes kind of like i feel touch and go about certain conversations just because I, I feel like explicitly you know appealing to men sometimes isn't the best way of, of doing things but at the end of the day it's you know it's producing content that is geared towards men without you know trying to ingratiate yourself to other groups it's you know like there's the sense, right, you know, because women, I think they have a lot of their own shows and their own kind of media ecosystem. And I don't feel like I have the need to kind of step into a, like, you know, a woman's space and be like, no, no, you need to listen to me and my opinions on what constitutes good femininity. I might have my own opinions on what constitutes good femininity, but I'm not going to lecture them about it. It's their own deal. They need to decide because they're the ones who are primarily interacting with it, not me. But that doesn't really exist for men, right? With men, it's like there's everybody has an opinion and everybody's going to share that opinion from Anna Kasparian to Brianna Wu, right? And, and it's, it's this idea of like, no, like 
this is content produced for men and and for men to watch and for men to interact with women do not enter into this conversation and if they do it is not in a position of, of some kind of vaunted importance it's like no it, it's just another voice that's adding into the general crowd like you know if you want to make your comment say your piece and we'll take it into consideration right and I think that that's the kind of attitude, if you want to build actual positive male role models, that's the attitude you got to take. Because at the end of the day, like, if you try to set out to be a positive male role model, uh, to, like, fight Andrew Tate or whatever, you're going to fail. You're going to fail because at the end of the day, you're too caught up. You're just going to end up chasing after the approval of people who fundamentally don't don't aren't involved in that media's ecosystem you're going to start yeah, chasing first of all people. you have to have you have to have a soundbite that is better and goes more viral than imagine shooting a man with your last bullet and he stands there unfazed if you can't do better than that then unfortunately you're just not going to make it no and, and I, I mean, what the, I would just, go ahead go ahead oh no i, I was just going to add sorry I'll, I'll be quick but at the end of the day what it comes down to is is, is try yeah exactly being entertaining to men the key concept of all of this and and if you enter into this trying to say like oh well, let me you know let me be like Vosh and, and and do a positive masculinity positive masculinity according to who well according to Anna Kasperi and according to you know the most deranged people on Twitter who I'm sorry are not your audience they're not going to listen to your show they're not going to subscribe to you on patreon or or um or what the the rumble equivalent i forget what it's called you know they're not going to follow your content and consume it in the same way that your audience is going to consume it so if you set out to create what they view as positive masculinity it's going to fall flat right it, it will always fall flat and you will always lose to andrew tate's because at the end of the day andrew tate sets out to make content for that audience to the exclusion of everyone else. And, and that I think is the, the fundamental contradiction and the fundamental problem with all of this conversation about masculinity. It's that it is being centered and led by people who are not in the community that, that would at the end of the day have to interact with and, and embody that kind of masculinity it's not it's people I mean, outside of it. and it's also important to note that the, the reason that they're talking about it to begin with is not out of some concern for the well-being of men or like you know uh, or anything like that they're basically interested in the clout that that is bringing and like and, and they're, they're just exactly. like not being upfront and honest about it uh that's they're saying that they care about men because uh, you know, like if, if we are not talking to them, the right wingers are, etc. But hidden behind that statement is that like, what is actually happening if the right wingers actually talk to the, you know, the supposed 12 year olds uh, who are being fed into the alt right pipeline? Uh, it's not like the left wingers had any shot to begin with because they're not outclassing Andrew Tate. So the reason why they're even talking about these people is to guilt them into listening to them instead of uh, the other people who, you know, they they are deeming or branding as evil inherently. Yeah, but I mean, it's know, just yeah, a cloud case that they're not being honest about. Yeah, I would agree. Because I think a lot of these people, they, they have an in, 
innate sense that they need to win. They need to have the last word. They need to own Andrew Tate. They need to own these random guys online or random accounts. And ultimately, what I think a lot of them do is they kind of mistake. They they don't understand statistics fundamentally, and they kind of mix between groups and individuals. So, you know, for example, we could say that black people on the whole face discrimination, but that doesn't translate to like an individual person. The the same way we could say like, you know, I don't know, like the average person in the United States has 1.9 kids, but there's no such thing as nine tenths of a child, you know, in the same way that we're trying to make, (laughs) you want to make a good male role model. They're going to one have flaws but two, they're going to alienate some group of, you know, the general public. Some part of the general public is not going to like what they are or, or how they act. And because a lot of the people on the left need to, you know, quote unquote, win, they always are just bashing everyone all the time. And I think one thing that actually really benefits people like someone like we're saying Andrew Tate all the time. But something that benefits him is he'll at some point they'll say, you know, like, I don't care what you're going to say. Go ahead and just spout and then he'll just move on to the next point whereas these people yeah. always talk about the same thing same shit. same thing I, over and over and over again and yeah, someone else yeah. like andrew tate move on. they'll they'll listen to it they'll say some something and they'll move on and can i can i add one other thing i think the other the other issue is that because these people are not primarily in in andrew tate's audience or never really were in his primary audience they they're unable to effectively evaluate why it is that he appeals to certain people right like everybody talks about why why does andrew tate appeal to young men oh because he's a sexist and he does all this awful stuff and and this is just inherent anti-feminine behavior within everybody and and maybe that is the case but the thing i would point out is it's very interesting despite the fact that andrew tate is such a well-known figure how little of the the sort of like really sketchy stuff that he said and the really awful stuff, not so much the stuff he said on TikTok, but like the stuff on his website. You know, I think it was maybe Christian Tate or Tristan Tate, his brother, basically had on his website, like, like let me explain to you what I do as a business. And it's like just straight up sex trafficking. And it's like, on one hand, yes, that is all awful. Yeah, uh, just to be clear, Hugh was not jo- joking about Joey's Swole. Joey's Swole rules. This is a pro Joey Swole space, uh, but but just to to get back to what I was kind of sorry, and and I, I should be very quick about this. The thing is that the that it's interesting that a lot of Andrew Tate's, especially written statements and things that like you know Tristan Tate and Andrew Tate have said, never really like people didn't really know about them because they didn't interact with their content in that way. Like you said, people were watching Andrew Tate on TikTok because. He was this over-the-top figure, not necessarily because they have this deep, latent sense of, of hatred of women, which they want to express, you know, and, and that's why they went with Andrew Tate. Like, look, there's a lot of guys online that hate women, right? There are more than enough of that to go around. And most of those guys, if not all of those guys, are not as successful as Andrew Tate. And there's something else to it. And, and if you are not in that audience, it is going to be much difficult for you, much more difficult for you to identify and, and, and fully comprehend what it is that that audience sees in Andrew Tate to provide an answer to that that, is, that, that actually appeals to the audience in the same way.
Yeah. I, one last thing before I go is I do say I do think a lot of people just they cannot comprehend that some that like people think differently almost because they all because like they can't see what the appeal is. You know, for example, you you know, there's people like of different cuisines, right? And there's you know people of different tastes, and they'll say like I would never try that. That sounds disgusting. But like you have to think like there has to be some reason why this person is successful. There has to be something that's appealing to like this food. There has to be something appealing to this idea. And because people would because they don't understand it, they just tend to avoid trying to figure out what that is, or they might know why they're appealing and just kind of dismiss it. And pretend it doesn't exist. And I think, you know, kind of like what Q said before, I think the best way is they, they love people in the abstract, but they hate every individual. They hate their neighbor because, I don't know, their dog shit in their lawn. They hate their they barista because they gave neighbor them. Because they brought their autistic, sorry, they hate their autistic neighbor because they brought somebody chili. Like, yeah. Or like yeah. they hate their barista because they got an order wrong like three yeah. weeks ago. Or they hate all of their coworkers and they hate, they just hate everyone. And, it's just, you're not going to get anywhere politically. So, I mean, I'll, I'll go on now, but. Uh, I appreciate it, man. Um, and I'll move on to, oh, Gio. <laughs> I know Gio's been wanting to talk about this for a minute because my, I, I have hardly been on Twitter over the last, like, few weeks. Um, and every time I, like, uh, log back in and check my DMs, uh, Gio's all on some my DMs. be like, hey, when you guys come back and do Philadelphia, you should talk about this. What's up, Gio? Yeah, so, like, I missed, like, the first hour of the spot, so, like, so, yeah, that's, so, that's that. So, like, well, then, well, point, then, right? well, then, fuck off. Oh, oh sorry. Yeah, what yeah, I have to talk to you about? I'm playing. Missed, yeah. So, I have two points, right? Like, I reject the whole notion, like, completely, because, like, I don't know what that, because I, I don't know what it means. Like, it's not as, because, like, I don't believe, like, it's a standard, it's, it, it, it can't be applied equally to everyone. Like, it doesn't mean anything. I don't believe, like, like, it, that's that's my first point, right? The second point is right. Like, I don't tr- like I don't trust like the, the people like pushing this stuff like on like on Twitter because like I don't because like because I'm pretty sure, as you mentioned, it's all like a media like like audience like competition thing. It's not like like it's not it's not about actually helping people. Like, cause like because these because they don't belong to actual actual communities. They don't belong to any of these. They don't. They don't label these people. They don't know these people. Like they don't. They're not part of their lives. To ever like convince them, like how to be better people. Like, like that's not, that's not, that's the second part. And that's all. That's all I, 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 I have to say about the, about the whole thing. Yeah, I I would agree. You know, honestly, with with that, Gio. I mean, one thing I, I get a lot of trouble because I have maybe a softer view on Jordan Peterson than a lot of other people on the left. I mean. And, and one of the reasons why I have a, a softer view is because I do, despite all of his many flaws, like I do sense that there is an actual desire to help specifically young men in Jordan Peterson. Now, I, I know that he's a bat, like there's a million reasons why he's not great, but I would say that in him, there is that actual genuine interest to help young men. I, I'm sorry, like that. You know, especially compared to, like, a lot of the other people who are his, you know, the people that would seek to sort of, you know, step in. It's like what all they provide is, I'm sorry, just, like, lectures, right? You know, yes, lectures. Yes, that's what they do, pretty much. Yeah, like, 
I mean, he knows how to cater to an audience. Let's put it this yeah, way. Yeah, and, and I, I think it's even beyond that. And, and I would say that I do actually think that even outside of just, I don't think it's just cynically crying, outside of like it's, it's cynically appealing, I do actually think he genuinely feels real compassion for men. I, and maybe I'm wrong about that, but I mean, at the I same mean, time... I mean, the funny thing, right, like, Jordan Peterson, like, of all, like, like he's very, like, because, like, he's always, he's always crying about this. Like, he, he literally is always crying about this, like, literally, about, like, how he, like, wants to help men or boys, whatever, like, and all that crap. He always, he's, he's like, he, I, like, he seems like he cares about this stuff. I mean, he's a weird See, people, like. I, 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 like, say that, like, uh, I mean, I, I, I'll, I'll actually uh, occupy the, you know, the, the, play the role of the person who doesn't want to give an inch to this fellow because like, uh, yeah, right. I think, I think a hundred percent, uh, I, I echo like the, uh, the views that worldly bong is, uh, you know, saying in the chat. Uh, the one thing that I'll say is that like, there's a clip that, uh, Z squirrel shares, um, every now and then, every time Jordan Peterson trends, there's a clip of him like going on Joe Rogan, uh, in that this person's like, uh, supposed compassion is a full on, like basic, like crocodile tears. Uh, where he, he, everything that he says about like pulling yourself up by the bootstraps, he has like nothing but like vitriol for any kind of marginalized community. But the moment it comes to like guys who can't get laid, this dude just like breaks down in, inside because like it's the one, it's the one community that he identifies with and or uh, it's the community that he basically caters to. And I don't think there's anything of a, of a genuine like interest in, helping anybody it's just basically his audience it's the people who show up for him it's the people who have made him who he is it's the loyalty that a rock star has to his audience and this is like at the at the you know uh, i cringe at like you know even associating this person's name to uh, any sort of like a status as that of a rock star but ultimately that's the kind of uh, audience that he has and in, in and this is not lost on me because it's the exact kind of audience that like these fake uh, gurus have with their uh, you know um, since you are in uh, Rory, you are in India, uh, and you did like call yourself a Hindutva socialist. Like this is the exact kind of uh, audience that like the godmen of India seek, uh, because they they get like the the most like staunchest, most loyal guys who will fall at your feet uh, kind of people, um, and they'll pander to them, they'll cater to them, they'll basically center their worldview. But that doesn't mean that like he ultimately cares about those people because he doesn't really care about their material upliftment at all. And I think like that's the one contradiction that Joe Rogan catches him on in one of the videos um, that uh, he basically uh, has nothing but hatred for people who uh, ask for any kind of affirmative action, but then he wants an affirmative action for guys uh, who are not able to, you know, uh, find people to have sex with. And he stumbles into it himself. He kind of realizes that he cannot say that if they are not able to have it on, like, you know, earn it on their own, then that must be provided for them because he does not have that compassion for anybody else on the planet. So I don't really want to stand for any kind of like positive statement about him because I'll basically say that like he's the same stripe. Like he, he is no different than any other media ecosystem figure which is that like he knows what his audience is and he knows what they want to hear and he caters to it because that audience will show up for him. And I would say that the thing is, uh, like, I mean, we can have a disagreement about this and and I'm I'm open to that idea. Again, I've never met Jordan Peterson. I don't know the man personally, so I can only, I can only kind of take what what he says online and and 
analyze that. And there's really no point in arguing, I think, whether like what, you know, what the content of his heart is, I, I really don't know. But I do think that like that is a, a much, that kind of audience is a much deeper, you know, the, the fact that we can't really identify with anyone other than the people we most strongly associate with is is very common on online and, and not just in, in the manosphere, but everywhere. I mean, I, I was getting into an argument with this this woman. It was a civil argument on, on Twitter. And basically, I, I think Hugh got in on this too, where she basically was saying like, you know, we should, you know, handle, you know, cases like accusations of sexual assault extrajudicially. And I was kind of like, yeah, you know, that's probably not a good thing to do, right? Like, you know, I think that, you know, sexual assault has in the past, you know, especially extrajudicial responses to sexual assault have had, you know, you might say a colored or maybe checkered history, uh, especially in the United States. And she goes, yeah, but, you know, you know, yes, of course, there were these awful lynchings that happened, you know, over sexual assault uh, accusations. But you forget that, you know, many victims of color were not listened to in courts. And I'm kind of like, yeah, well, you know, who else was a victim of color <laughs> were the people that, that got weren't listened to in courts. Those falsely <laughs> accused that make up 40 percent black men make up 40 percent of all exonerees in the United States for sexual assault. Four out of ten, two out of five mm-hmm. of all exonerees for sexual assault in the U.S. are black men. And it's like and, I was saying, yeah, like, every single time some white lady freakishly tries to work out a fix to the broken judicial system in the United States, it always ends up greasing the rails right back to lynching. And, and where I would, I, you know, not, not to get too far down that, but the point I'm trying to say is that the ease at which she was able to just basically completely ignore, like, you know, the men who were not only murdered, but just spent, you know, decades of their lives in prison, just completely just whipped past that, like, didn't even mention it. it was just like, no, we need to talk. We need to bring it back to the victims, because at the end of the day, she fundamentally more than the men who are being falsely accused identified with the victims. And it's like, but the men who are being falsely accused are also victims, right? They're also, you know, even though you don't identify with them and maybe you don't care about them to the extent that you're willing to bring back, like you said, you know, Jim Crow era lynchings and essentially just sort of treat that as like a, you know, sort of the, the, table stakes of, of actually dealing with sexual assault you, you know the, the fact that you're able to so blithely kind of push that away kind of indicates the fact that you are really only in it for you and people like you you and people you identify with you know the, the point i said you know to q's to q's comment was like you know it's very easy to call for bloodshed when it's not your blood when you know it's not your blood and it's not your shed right you know, and most of these people kind of deep down recognize that they are never going to be held accountable or, or they're never going to be punished in these ways because they, they just that's that's not the way things have been done up until this point, right? You know, if, if you're like a white woman who is very online or and you know has like a, a college education, if not a grad school education, you're not going to be on the firing line of this, you will never face the blowback of because at the end of the day that's just not who this redounds to and we kind of all know that and as a white guy i recognize that 
I'm also not the primary kind of person it redounds to. But certainly I'm, I'm more so than, than any of these women. So, like, the, the, the way in which, you know, Jordan Peterson appeals almost solely to this small select group of men, like, I agree with you. But at the end of the day, I, I don't necessarily that means think that means he is a pure cynic. I think that that I think that means that that is just now the way that so many people online base their takes and base their understandings around. No, I mean, like the fact that he's a true believer doesn't exempt him from his lunacy, right? Like, I mean, he, he could he could be fine, um, you know, like he could have the views that he has. Yes, I'm not saying that he is pretending to be a person that he's not, but it's just that, like, I don't think there is inherently merit in what he's doing because he is uh, truthfully appealing to this group of people as opposed no, to somebody I, like Andrew Tate who might actually, I think, like, be a cynical actor. I, I, I think the problem... Think yeah. Sorry, I, I just want to say that when I, when I say I have a softer view on Jordan Peterson, what I mean is that there is an appeal of Jordan Peterson that I think is very unique and singular to him. Right. Like I said, there's a bunch of guys I knew in like college and in high school who got really into Jordan Peterson. And these guys are like, you know, I would say honestly, like apolitical guys, like they do not have opinions. And, and like even on the trans stuff, they, they, they're like, it's a little weird, but, you know, I, I don't really care. It's kind of their own deal. And, and these I mean, these guys are like a lot of them are people that never paid attention in high school. You know, were only interested in sports. A lot of them when college were like math guys. And they're sitting listening to like two hour lectures about Lacan, right? Yeah. And I'll tell you this, like, I, I, this is not like a, a crazy wild phenomenon because like uh, in, in India, uh, there, there is this person called Sadhguru Jaggi Vasudev and like he's a, he's been on Joe Rogan as well. Um, and he is arguably the one person who is laundering the, the right wing lunacy that is Modi's government. Uh, not the government, but like the, the Hindutva ideology uh, by finding the politest, sweetest, nicest way to justify the marginalization or like the, 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 the essentially a, a more uh, hardened, sexist, uh, you know, gendering of society. Uh, and, and like, you know, this is a, a more rampant problem in India than it ever probably is in the United States because like in India there's um, actual like you know kinds of violence that uh, women face in households uh, there's like marital, marital violence and stuff like that that is it, it's not to say that like this man justifies it but more so that like he puts this kind of like softer like this is how a woman should be kind of like uh, mask on it and I kind of like totally identify and this, per this person has like uh, listenership among like scientists and like uh, uh, engineers and like at the MIT equivalents and stuff like that. Um, and this isn't uh, very different from what Jordan Peterson is doing either, because he is a, an extremely well-spoken, soft-spoken um, and, and like essentially a man who actually cries a lot because so he's like uh, also like portraying this image of vulnerability and he probably is vulnerable also because he's on so many different like, you know, medications uh, at all times. And like, I don't know what he's uh, basically going through. Uh, he's like constantly at a in a state of psychosis. And I'm not like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of going out of my way to kind of like mischaracterize him and not mischaracterize him, but like loosely characterize him here. 
but essentially this is a person who has a very god man like vibe this is a classic uh, figure who is softening a more bigoted image and a lot of people who have these kind of tendencies uh, are confronting or engaging with the world that is changing in front of them um, are pushed back into this snug little view that you can have and like not feel uh, guilty about having this view which is essentially the kind of exoneration that uh, a god man uh, a saffron clad god man in in india does and and that's why like this what he's doing that. is not essentially I mean, uh, we're not going to agree on this. So I think, you know, and it's fine. Like, I, I respect, like, look, again, like I said before, I don't know the guy, right? I've never met him personally. I can't look into it. I am not talking about the guy either. I'm talking about the effect that this person has. And, and like, essentially, the putting a soft face on exactly the kind of, like, hardened conservative view that already exists and makes people feel comfortable in that view is not exactly... a radical act of any sort of like it's not even a radically human act I, i would i would argue this and this is my i think my last point the point i'm trying to say is not essentially that i think looking at jordan peterson as a series of views uh, you know again like i'm not a political guy really honestly like I, i don't look at him as a series what i look at is the people i've talked to and what they see and what they get out of jordan peterson and And I do notice that there is a definite disconnect with how the left generally talks about Jordan Peterson and how people who like Jordan Peterson, what they see in him and what the 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 sort of online left sees in him, right? There's there's sort of two different ways. And I'm not saying that Jordan Peterson is a good guy, you should listen to him, but I think that he is a more interesting figure, certainly than like a Ben Shapiro or like a Steven Crowder. I think the reality is that Jordan Peterson has an effect on people and and a real genuine grip on people who are not political. The exact kind of people that supposedly or at least a segment of the kind of people that the left supposedly, you know, that are not politically motivated and and supposedly the left wants to appeal to, right? You know, and so to look at him, I'm not saying that you should agree with Jordan Peterson or he's correct, but you I think that he is a figure that is more there is more use i think to understanding him and and not immediately just dismissing him whereas like i am totally fine with dismissing a steven crowder like honestly i'm completely fine with dismissing him because i've never met a steven crowder fan that isn't just a movement conservative i've never met a ben shapiro fan that isn't just a movement conservative i've met dozens of jordan peterson fans who are not movement conservatives who are a political or you know at best kind so of that, that's that's like the question i mean like to what extent do you think that the guys that you are saying are a political or a political like i mean if anything that i think that betrays no, a latent political tendency uh, i mean it's it's one they thing to vote. say that you are a political man like i mean uh, you know we we also have to kind of like see see things for what they are like is a is a person essentially a political if they say they are well i mean is it like the point i would say is that these are people that do not engage with politics and when they do engage with jordan peterson and the thing is like i asked them because i genuinely want to know like oh like what do you see and and they they don't ever mention any of the stuff about his trans stuff they're like no i really liked what he said about this you know he has a very interesting way of like so i mean they're talking about interpreting like lacan and i'm like man like that is not what i hear from people on the left about jordan peterson and again i'm not saying 
Jordan Peterson is a unique figure. But at the end of the day, he has more of a political sway over he has more of a sway over people who are not politically engaged. And I'm sorry, they're just not. They're not voters. They're, they don't follow politics. They, they don't follow any like modern. I mean, it's like to the extent that they're political, it's the sense that everyone's political, right? It, it, in, in modern society, everyone is political, right? Every issue is now has political valence. And I understand that. But, you know, whereas if you talk to like a Ben Shapiro fan, I guarantee you that guy has, he's just a movement conservative. He's bought it. I agree with that. Yeah. I agree with that completely, 100%. Whereas with a Jordan Peterson fan, they're not, right? They are. Just real quick, I I don't want to, I don't want to, I hate to interrupt, but I just want to make sure that. uh, Yeah, we got to, we got to move on. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. And plus, we do got to wrap up pretty soon. So I just wanted to make sure that Mantra was able to get. uh, Oh, thanks. Yeah, I definitely did not call in to talk about Jordan Peterson. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I the, the conversation was going to end up here sooner or later, so. Oh, it's true. Doesn't matter always. Um, so actually, the re- I mean, I was I've been commenting in the chat for a while, but um, and like Geo, I missed the beginning because you guys start when I'm playing D and D, but um, what what sparked me wanting to call was um you know, the talk about the left and like, I am a lefty, but I kind of hate the left. And for a lot of the same reasons that you guys are articulating, um, I used to proudly say that I was a feminist, but the other, like last week I was accused by someone on Twitter of being a feminist. And I was like, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Because because for me, and it was a guy on the conservative side of things, but like, so for it was an insult, but, and I, but like for me, when I, when I originally signed on quote unquote to feminism, it was with the belief that, you know, that all people deserve the same rights, the same access to dignity and respect. And that, you know, what is it the the rising tide the rising tide helps That's all ships kind of yeah. things yeah. and like uh, but i see feminism now all the memes are man hating like literally there isn't a guy on this planet who wouldn't beat the shit out of me or rape me if given a chance according to these people and i'm like mm, actually i know a lot of guys who wouldn't lift a hand you know no matter how angry they got, they wouldn't. And most dudes are, honestly, I believe most people are good. And I believe mm. most men are good. <sighs> or at least trying, right? Most people are yeah. trying to be good, I guess, is what I would more accurately say. But anyway, the reason I call, the reason, and the reason I find your discussion so uh, interesting and and uh, relevant, and, and I try to tune in whenever I can, is Honestly, because I worry about men. Like, I, nobody is paying attention. And everybody's like, oh, fuck them. Fuck all them. They're all rapists. They're all abusive assholes. Who cares? And I'm like, but, no, they're not, though. And, you know, a lot of them, a lot of men are, like, the topic that you listed tonight, the lonely. They're alone. And, like, they have no one to talk to. And I mean, a lot of people are lonely too, right? But like, but it, 
I kind of feel like it's maybe worse for men. I don't know. I could be wrong. But, um, yeah, like, nobody's paying attention. And everybody's, like, dismiss. It's not even paying, not paying attention. It's dismissing it. Right? Yeah, I was going to say, I, I'm going to push back a little bit. And, and I think people are paying attention. But yeah. Only, only to the extent that they can, like, scoff derisively. Exactly. Like said, and then they go, yeah. yeah. Because, like I said, like the the, the conversation we're even having now in the first place is like a conflation of three different phenomena that nobody even bothered reading past the headlines to yeah. actually like get at what problems are being identified. Like a, everybody's lonely, but the problem is men tend to have like yeah. uh, fewer accesses to social exactly. resources, etc. Because and they won't do tend to keep stronger social ties. And yeah. B. That and it's, I don't even know that this is a problem. Really, it's just a thing that exists. I don't know it's a problem. That uh, you know, a lot of guys between the age of eighteen and thirty are not having sex, and it's just like, no, mm-hmm. like, I don't, I don't see. It. Like, are they complaining about it? I mean, it may not be a problem. People just aren't really that interested. Some guys are just in their like their monk mode. You know, they're just on that sigma core grind set. They've got more important things to think yeah. about. Yeah. And, and, like, it's probably the same for women, too, right? Like, uh, I won't even try to remember the last time I had sex. And that's okay. (laughs) Like, good for you. Like, honestly, like... Yeah, sex is kind of mid. It's a bit overrated. This is is something I've always stood by. (laughs) I mean, Um, I like sex. I'm just, like, I've been busy, you know? Come on. Okay, but has anybody... to worry about... Let me okay. Let me put it this way: Can you remember the last meal that you had that was like, "Oh my god, this is fucking life changing"? Like the last time you sat <laughs> down, you ate, you're like, "Oh my goodness, I don't know what I was missing." I, I mean, I don't know. I know I do. The mm-hmm. first time that I had Italian food in Italy, I was like, mm. "Now I get it. Oh my goodness, yeah. now I understand." Okay, Mom, what's the last time? And this is not a shade to my wife whatsoever, because like she would see the exact same thing. It's just that like. You know, both of us enjoy sex, but we're not like our lives do not revolve around it. So it's like, yes. when's the last time you can you could say that about sex you've had? And I would say the answer say... for most people is like probably don't know. Really I, I would, here's my my take on this. Is... I remember the time so, that yeah. I had sex that was life changing, and it was a long time ago. <laughs> I, I would argue that like of the top five experiences in my life, none of them are sexual. None. Oh, a one. None. Our and, and I yeah. think that if somebody was to have, like, let me tell you all the, the, the top five experiences, if, if more than even one was sexual, I would be like, that guy kind of sucks. Like, honestly. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's like, like, you can make your own choice, but I think at the end of the day, there's there's better things in life than sex. That's just my opinion, and that's whatever. You can disagree with it. What I would add, though, you know, with the idea of kind of the, the response to male loneliness has either been like kind of derisively dismissive or it's it's genuinely fearful, right? Like it's, you know, I remember there was, who's that guy? He was like the singer for like uh, the 1975, so, some band, right? And like he came down and he like, a, a fan was like, hey, I'm like 19. I've never had a kiss. Would you be my first kiss? Matt Healy, there we go. Bam. And like, you know, so he came down, he's like, hey, like, can I check your ID first? Because like, I don't want to kiss like a minor. He checked it. And then he walks and he's like, hey, are you okay with this? Are you sure? And he gave her like a very quick kiss. And then off he went. That's cute. 
Yeah, but people were so upset. People were like, he checked her ID? Jail. I'm like, that that doesn't that doesn't even oh, make sense. Really? That like doesn't him. not. That doesn't I like that he said that. <laughs> I'm okay he, with that. I mean, isn't that actually <laughs> the right thing She asked him to kiss her. He confirmed that that's what she was asking for. Yeah. And then made sure that she was of legal So he checked all of the boxes that again, these consensuses that people come to on their own. Yeah. Without inviting anybody else to participate. He checked all of the boxes and proceeded with what it was that she asked and still it was jail. It was, okay, so nobody really knows what they want. Yeah. That's funny. Not funny. Weird. No, no. I, I've is, never heard the story. I've it never heard that funny. story. I actually, I think it's cool that he did that. And, hmm. uh, it's kind of too bad that it didn't work out. <laughs> I, I'll find I'll find it and I'll send it. He must be. He must have been an older, like not just twenty something at the time. No, oh, he was. He was like in his twenties, probably maybe thirties. Yeah, I don't know. Just making but, sure. Uh, I don't know. He wasn't like a super old guy or anything, but it was like yeah. He, he did. I think ex- he sought enthusiastic consent and made absolutely sure. But whatever. Anyway, <laughs> I, I think that's. Anyway, I think I think we, I think we got it, and well, yeah, I think we're also having me again. <laughs> yeah, no worries, no worries. Appreciate you coming by all the time. Um, that. And I was gonna say, you know, uh, we should probably wrap up because it's, not, it's now after midnight Eastern time. I know Rory's tired as hell because he's in India right now. Um, I just want to say thank you to all the listeners for dropping by. Uh, and by the way, we're gonna be moving from one show a week to two shows a week. We're actually gonna be doing two shows per week. Uh, Kartik, Rory, Michael, and I are gonna be working very diligently to bring a uh, actually a wider variety of content to the show. So all for the lonely men. All for the lonely men, those those lonely boys. Um so yeah, thanks for, for dropping by. Um we will be back next week Tuesday at nine Eastern and look out for more content because we're actually gonna be doing a little bit of uh we're gonna be doing some pre recorded content that's gonna be coming to a video platform near you. Um thanks for all the guests for listening. Thanks for all those who uh came to the queue and participated. And we are very much looking forward to seeing you next week. Take care.